I love her. I love her very much. I've never had a feeling oh, like shut this. Up. And speaking of love, weren't you and I going to talk about that today? Yes, we were. But, well, couldn't you manage to arrange your time so you could have a little fun, too? at the same time oh my gosh oh man you look like a lady who's ready to talk about romantic comedy (laughs) (laughs) good that's what i was going for okay for those of you who can't see which is everyone because it's a podcast she just dramatically flipped her scarf slash shawl over her shoulder like she's in a nancy myers film and it was really good for a fact she did it again tyler you were supposed to pick up the kids from soccer Three uh, hours I, ago. I'm sorry. I just, I just didn't think. Yeah, exactly. You didn't think. Yes, bitch. And that's improv. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Tyler. You didn't think. You didn't think. You never think. Goodbye. Previously on Big Little Lies. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of crossing of your of your cardigan across your body. Yeah. Before we get a little carried away. Uh, let's do a land acknowledgement. Yes. We'd like to acknowledge that the recording of this podcast takes place both in the region of Peel, which is part of the treaty lands and the territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And Ottawa, which was built on unceded Anishinaabe Algonquin Nation territory. Um, hi. Hi, friend. Hiya, hon. How are you? Good. I'm a little hyper now that we were doing, like, repartee, but I think that'll mm-hmm. cool down. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Had a little COVID scare, you know, but it was just because I was uh, tired. So (laughs) get your sleep, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't sleep, you might think you have, this is a PSA that if you don't sleep, you might think that you have COVID. A very valid PSA that everyone should be sleeping at night. Get your sleep, kids, because if, if you don't sleep, not only do you think you have COVID, you think you have a lot of things. You think a lot of things are going on which aren't, so. They, they probably are, though. <laughs> not sleeping, I mean. <laughs> you probably think you're hallucinating. You are, baby. You are. You, you sleep, are. <laughs> what you need to do is you need to go home, close the curtains, you take a melatonin gummy and a nice little soothing sleepy time tea mug, and then you just close your little eyes for eight <laughs> to ten hours. <laughs> go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. God, eight to ten hours. Sometimes I know that that's I look... totally. I mean, like toddlers sleep ten. Ten's a lot, but I know that eight is even usually kind of out of the picture for you. Man, I slept like if I get five hours of sleep, I'm like, whoa, that's a lot, guys. And okay, then, the genuine question. Is that because that that's all you need or because that's all you're used to? Like, what would happen if you had the opportunity, for example, for a week, you had the opportunity to sleep for eight hours a night? Would you? Would your body I mean, let you? I want to say, yeah. Like, it's a chicken and egg situation. It's like, am I used to five hours of sleep or is it all that I need? I know I am functional more than other people would be on the amount of hours that I sleep. Mm-hmm. that's for sure is it but does that mean it's uh good for me the amount no 100 uh, percent. no but 
<laughs> I think if given the opportunity, am I going to change? No. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to change and be better with my sleeping habits. It just also feels like there's not enough hours in the day to do all the things that I want. Yeah, I feel like being a Louisiana chain gang worker is not good for your sleep schedule. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. No, that was it. That was that was it. I think that you work like a like a dog. You just yeah. work a lot. You yeah. Work a lot. I work a lot. I do I take on a lot of things and that's who I am, but I should prioritize sleep. Yeah, yeah, because, like, that's the thing. It is, like, a little bit of your personality that you're just, like, always go, go, going, and then you have a lot of projects on the go, and, like, Mm -hmm. you like it like that, but also it begs the question, why do you always fall asleep whenever you're sitting down for longer than five minutes, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why does, when my head hits the pillow, I'm out. Okay, guys, there's a really great story of one time Amy oh and Catherine God. and I were sitting in a, in a car and I was driving and Amy was in the passenger seat and Kat was in the back. And the three of us were having like a full-blown conversation. And then Kat stops responding for like maybe two minutes and Amy looks back and she is fast asleep. So we're like, oh, she's sleeping. We're going to let her sleep. And we keep talking. And then maybe 15 seconds later, you just chimed into the conversation like nothing was amiss. You did not miss a beat. Like I wonder if you were... <laughs> listening because you didn't we were not asleep for that long so i wonder if you were like listening somehow because you know like sometimes when you're like in a half awake half asleep state yeah you're dreaming and you can kind of still take in stimulus from outside of you yeah i wonder if it was that kind of situation i constantly feel like i'm in that situation you every were, time like, listen, yeah you were following the conversation it's like, <laughs> this is what i'm gonna say when i wake up that's my favorite story because when I chimed in after to me I didn't know I had fallen asleep oh yeah I don't I don't know that I fell asleep I just all of a sudden realized my eyes were closed for a long time and then I chimed into the conversation because I the whole time thought I was awake there was one point where we asked you a question and you didn't reply so I think you were asleep at least for like a minute or yeah yeah minimum one minute I was asleep but then it's so loud that you woke back up. <laughs> I woke back up and immediately looked you had to like, into the conversation. You, were like, you had to like give a joke or something. You were like, oh, I gotta wake up. Like, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm needed in this moment. Oh my god, we're both so red in the face right now. <laughs> I'm sweating, dude. It's so hot. Okay, I specifically made sure to like uh to turn off the heater in the house oh because happens. I knew. Because I knew I was going to be a sweaty McSweaterson. we powerhouses, and whenever we make jokes, it's like steam engines. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're machines. Every time I laugh, I get sweaty. <laughs> oh, boy. I've also been drinking, and so have you. Yeah, I know. The whole time. I Sorry, guys. That was quite loud, probably. I have four beverages to my left, two waters, <laughs> two white claws, one-to-one ratio. Nice. Yeah. I had wine. Now it's a Coke, and I have also water. <laughs> Jesus came through the room, and now it's a Coke. <laughs> it was wine. Before. Molly, how so, are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Okay. Everything's fine. The last three weeks have gone bl- gone by in a blur, at the speed yeah. of which has been a little bit scary to me. Like, it truly feels like I'm on the Truman Show and I just keep waking up and having the same day over and over again. And each time it's a little faster than the last. And I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm like, 
I feel like all this, I'm just going to wake up and be 40 and then be scared. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was just one of those weeks where it was like, um, have you you seen Russian Doll, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what's even better? Actually, Groundhog Day is a bit better because like, you know, he wakes up to the same song every morning on the radio alarm. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like for me. And that's, it's been feeling like that. And I was just like, I, it just, I just got shocked by how quickly time was passing recently. And I'm kind of like, whoa, 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 slow down kind of. Yeah. So that's, that's what's up with me. I'm just ruminating on mortality and stuff. So how about you? <laughs> yeah. Smash Mouth really was not lying when they said the years <laughs> start coming and they don't stop coming. They really, they really. They really like gave that one. <laughs> they yeah. really gave that to us when we were kids and we were like yeah. didn't take it as yeah. seriously as we should have. They now were it's like, all I think about. <laughs> I literally heard I associate that song really strongly with Shrek for starters. Shrek has to be a rom com. Technically Shrek is a rom com. I can't wait to do Shrek. <laughs> we gotta do Shrek next. We bro. have to. That's yeah. why I brought it up. But yeah, we should do Shrek next year. Let's do Shrek. <laughs> we should do Shrek next. The way we both got really excited. I just need a reason to rewatch Shrek. I really want to talk about... Oh, I'll save it. I'll save it. <laughs> save it, save it, save it. <laughs> no, wait. Hold back. Hold back. <laughs> Pull it back. Save it. Okay, cool. Next movie decided. Okay. Should we talk about the this movie now? Yeah. What the heck movie are we doing? Oh, we're doing BJ's D, Bridget Jones' Diary. Every time you call it BJ's D... It's, uh, it really throws me. I've never heard it referred to That's as such. I made it up, baby. Maybe <gasps> just for you to, to throw you off your game. My God. To distract it's, me. All right. We're Gucci. Gucci. Gucci to go. Gucci. Gucci. Gooch. Gucci. Gooch. <laughs> that is a different thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Bridget okay. Jones's Diary. Here we Bridget. go. Jones's diary. So I love this movie. I know yeah. so much. Head so full. Notes app f- uh, uh, spilling over. Okay, so the movie of the week is Bridget Jones' Diary. I, I already said I loved it. Molly, lo- I love loved it. loved it before in the past. Watched it again. Still love it. Will always I, love this movie. I love it so much. Like it's definitely a thumbs up from me. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a it's, yes for me, dog. It's, it's a definite yes for me. There's only one thing that I severely dislike. There's nothing that I don't like about this movie except for one thing that I severely dislike about this movie. And I'm gonna say it to get it out of the way because apparently it's my job to be the bitch around here. <laughs> oh my so, god. So so. Basically, I just don't like the fact that this movie gave an entire generation of young women, like, body dysmorphia issues. Because the whole time they're talking about what a big, fat, single woman this Bridget Jones is, and she's so fat, and she's so overweight, and she's got so many problems, she's always binge eating, and blah, blah, blah. And guess, guys, guess how much her highest weight is in the entire movie, which is scorned upon. It is a scornful weight for her. She says it with disdain. 140 pounds 140 pounds for a woman who is five 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 six even i think shorter than that she's a little shorter than that i think i think because just because i know renee zellweger i think is a tiny person i think the average height of women in like the northern hemisphere or something is like oh yeah five, it's five five, five. so yeah. I was, she's an average height woman right yeah 
And they're saying that she is this grossly overweight spinster because she's 140 pounds. And that's just really messed up. It's and so it's, messed it's up. A po- it's, and I, I don't think I would probably harp on it as much if it wasn't such a central tone in the movie. Like, they keep on being like, this Bridget, she's so flawed. And one of the ways is that she's a, she's fat. And it's yeah. like, okay, first of all, we're not going to, this. there's a lot to unpack there. And we don't have time for all that right now. <laughs> But the fact that they've got this, like, tiny woman who also just is very beautiful, and they're, like, harping on about how fat she is the whole time, yet somehow she pulls every guy that she's got her eye on. So, so tell me, so, so reel me that, huh? Her, her, what are her motivations in this movie? She wants to stop drinking, stop smoking, lose weight, and get a man. Those are her priorities, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think she does any of them except for the last one. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. So that kind of, like, goes to show that, like, she doesn't really need to do any. She doesn't need to change herself to get a man. That's kind of what, right? That's kind of, like, the way it is in the end. She finds her true love just as she is. Yeah. Which is a good message. But stop telling people that 140 pounds is, like, grossly overweight. You need to stop this. Hollywood, please. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, um, I don't disagree with you. It's... Like, the movie came out 2001, mm-hmm. and, like, coming from the 90s, and we've already talked about, like, heroin chic and how in the early 2000s, it wasn't so much about the clothes, but it was about your body and how your body showcased the clothes. Yes. Yeah. So, like, culturally, where she's coming from, and I think that was the point of, like, I think there's a little bit of satire there where... Um, Do you think that... Like, they're trying to be, like, this woman has body dysmorphia? Do you think that's, oh. like, part of it? I think, I think it Dude, is. I think that never even occurred to me. Yeah. I always I think... thought you were supposed to take that as, like, face value. I, it never occurred to me that, like, because they never mention it, and it's just not that deep of a movie. <laughs> but, well, you know, this is, she's yeah. not okay with herself in general. Yes, so yes. her body dysmorphia might be part of it. It, it is. It 100% is. I think... Oh. I think if you look at it superficially, um, you'd be like, oh, oh. And then I think it also goes into Renee Zellweger having to put on weight. Yeah. To play this role. And you, you, we know what Renee Zellweger looks like. But, like, to, to even be a woman who is complaining about her weight, of course she had to put on weight. Like, Renee Zellweger is the tiniest, skinniest person. So, of course, tiny, yeah. she, of course she had to put on weight to quote-unquote look like an average woman. So I think a lot of things have, uh, a lot of things kind of cloud the idea that Bridget has body dysmorphia and a lot Mm -hmm. of people in that day and age have body dysmorphia because, and like, because of the way they even talk about her. And like this will go into when we like, eventually lots like of do. Other people make comments about her body, her figure, her weight. Yeah, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. This yeah, is exactly. A lot, and and it's like she is this way because of society telling her mm-hmm. that she has to work to this ideal. And I think the whole point of the thing, and I think that's why it's such a big deal when eventually Mark Darcy tells her that he likes her just the way she is. With the smoking, with the drinking, with the quote-unquote... Crazy mom. (laughs) Crazy mom, and then her weight. Like, I think that's the point where she's like, I can still get 
a a guy that I like or like a a person who's a good guy because she it's not about like getting a guy I think she was just like pick a, a good reasonable boyfriend like stop going for shitty dudes mm-hmm. and then it's just like the way to which and then she just eventually attracts um a quote-unquote nice guy because mm-hmm. she's herself no. and he sees her as herself yeah like a let's say no? good guy as opposed to nice guy because oh I yeah, yeah. Like, if you say nice guy my brain is gonna shortcut to like it, nice i only say TM, nice you know what i mean <laughs> i only say nice guy because she said it in the movie right she, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah she says it at the end and i was always like was he supposed to be a nice guy i don't think he was he was just like anyways i have wait who this wait, is a, darcy as a nice guy? yeah yeah We'll talk, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. I, I have a lot of, um, so, okay, so we have talked about, I'm going to keep this short and then we can move on. Uh, we've talked about in the past, um, the, uh, what was the one, You've Got Mail was supposed to be kind of like a modern version of Pride and Prejudice. Pride yeah. and Prejudice. I think, and this is obviously also supposed to be a modern version of Pride and Prejudice. They've literally got Colin Firth playing a character called Darcy, like, come on. It's, yeah. I mean, it couldn't have been more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so... This is a very, very, this is very much more of a true to the path of their relationship in Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it's a much, it's a, it's a much stronger parallel than You've Got Mail. And there are several key points that I think show that Mark is a good guy, but you only really see them at the end. Yeah. So... I call me and a little bit of call B. Yeah, yeah. So one, this movie came out in 2001. So we already know contextually what is going on in that era. We've, we've had movies come out in the late 90s. We've talked about movies that have come out in the late 90s, early 2000s already. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> the body issues that were happening at that time and like the ideal, all that stuff. Another thing, it is based on an actual book by mm-hmm. um, Helen Fielding. Mm-hmm. Which I have and I have read, which I really liked, actually. I actually really liked the book. Um, so yeah, Helen Fielding. Um, the movie, the screenplay, was written by her, Andrew Davies, and Richard Curtis. Richard Why Curtis? Do, I, do you know what else Andrew Davies did? You're not gonna... I, um, I looked it up, and it was, like, he, other um, Jane Austen things. Babe, War and Peace, the uh, the BBC adaptation miniseries. Oh. He did that. It's, have you seen it? No, I haven't yet. Oh, oh my God. I know you've Do told yourself, me to. You are going to be gagged when you watch it. It's so good. My roommate showed it to me, um, and we watched it, like, in two sittings. It, it's, like, five or six parts, and they're long, but we watched it all in two sittings because it was so That's good. That's the one where Paul Dano's in it, right? Oh, my God. That is, yeah. if I had to pinpoint the moment where I fell in love with Paul Dano, that would be it. Like, literally him in that. He starts off as, like, such a, like, little blet <laughs> worm, and then he, like, really has, like, an arc. He, I just really, it's a really good character that he plays. It's just. He's a really good actor, too. He's just a really friggin' good actor, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh, written by Helen Fielding, the woman who actually wrote the book, and then Richard Curtis of Love Actually and About Time fame. Oh, Love Actually and About Time. Yeah. Holy smokers. Okay. And Andrew Davies, who did War and Peace, he also did. Mm-hmm. He's done, I when I looked him up, because I was like, I know this name, but I don't know what else he's done. It, it's been a lot of, like, Jane Austen adaptations, which is... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have some things about this movie where I think it takes, it takes place over a year, and 
things are obviously happening, but unlike in the book when you're reading it, obviously you see the date stamps. And Mm -hmm. sometimes in the movie she says when something, like, what time it is, but a lot of the times it doesn't. And I didn't feel like it did... I think it took away... It did the movie a disservice by not her... By not having her say April 24th or whatever, because... She would, she started seeing Daniel Cleaver and then all of a sudden she was telling him they went, they go away for a weekend and then she's telling him that she loves him. Yeah. It did feel like it happened like over the course of like two months or something like in the movie. It, it feels like it's yeah. happening very fast. And it's not like they couldn't have worked it in because she's doing yeah. the voiceover the whole time. She's doing the voiceover the whole time. She's giving, she, doing her cigarette count the whole time. <laughs> like... <laughs> And, and she says it, like, later on in the movie where she's, like, December 24th. Um, I guess that's just a way to show that it's time already been a year. Time has passed. They it's were already all been a wearing year. glasses. So <laughs> time had passed. Right. My God. Good. Full circle. Comes back to John. Mm-hmm. Always comes back to John Mulaney. Always comes back. Um, yeah, I think we're that's We're going to find a way to work would've... a horse in a hospital joke into this. <laughs> I, I think that um, that would have done the movie some good so that she just does it. it. It just to her, however soon it might be, it just seems like it was too fast. And then when he, when Daniel Cleaver's like, whoa, 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 Bridget, like slow your roll. Yeah. You can't blame him necessarily because to the audience, it seemed like they've only been dating a week. You know? And that was probably the most noticeable point of how saying the dates would have better Helped. informed the movie yeah. timeline. Yeah, that's yeah. like the that's a pretty the most obvious one to me. Yeah. So the movie starts off with what Bridget in her going going to her parents already. Like it's yeah, she's so at literally her parents. The first line she immediately defines herself as a by her relationship status as as a single spinster. <sighs> <laughs> and her mom is immediately introduced as being so insensitive and making mm-hmm. jokes about um, the entire Japanese race and you look like you just walked out of Auschwitz oh and etc. Oh She's a lot. The mom is a lot. The She's mom is a lot. Yeah. I didn't really super want good things for her, but yeah, she was she was not the most. Uh, what's that when you want good things for a character? It's like they're they're she wasn't, relatable. She wasn't, she wasn't relatable or likable at no. all. Like you didn't really. Yeah. Anyways, but it's it's yeah. you're, you're supposed to think like a little bit. She's a bit cringe and whatnot, but yeah, you know she she goes, oh come on in. I've put a, put an outfit out for you on the bed, and she wa- so she walks in wearing this like matching like vest and pencil skirt set that looks That's like it was awful. made out of like chair upholstery, and then yeah, it's horrible. And then her mom goes, oh come on in. Um, I've uh, Mark Darcy's here. He's divorced. Like, I <laughs> And then she's like, oh, mom, not again. I can't stand this. When you do this, try to set me up, blah, blah, And then she walks into the living room and sees, like, the back of Mark Darcy's head and, like, a turtleneck sweater and is like, uh, wooga, wooga. Mom might have done something oh right God. this time. She literally sees the back of his head I and know. his sweater and his, like, shapeless slacks and is like, whoa, mom, you really pulled that cat out of the bag on this one. I, I literally just think, think it's right because phrase, he's... But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I literally okay. just think it was because he was, like, one of the tallest people there, and she was like, whoa! <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me climb hair? that... Yeah. <laughs> Let me climb that man. Yeah. It, he turns around, and he's got, like, a nice face, and she's, like, blown to the floor. <laughs> 
she's standing there holding like, a little tray of like cocktail weenies and she's like hard eyes oh my god her mom her mom is just holding a a plate full of gherkins that have toothpicks in them like that's the only appetizer ma'am i mean like that's it to that appetizer and then what was there for dinner later turkey curry oh my god not saying there's anything wrong with turkey curry but imagine showing up at a christmas party and they serve you turkey curry and only turkey curry mimosas and then pickle sticks. Like, and then great. And then there was gravy that was being made. I'm like, for what? The turkey's already for in what? the curry. Yeah. So many confusing. questions. Just so many questions. But no one ever accused the English of being culinary geniuses. So no. I guess that's in character. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I I will say Colin Firth does such a good job of having an expression on his face um throughout the entire movie of like a little piece of poo just underneath his <laughs> nose the entire time he just always looks so upset and uncomfortable he has a face like a slapped ass that yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even more so when he actually played fitzwilliam darcy in yes. the nine and that was pretty surly that was yeah pretty yeah yeah he yeah. did himself and wearing it and wearing a reindeer cardigan no less oh my god so i know people have like given renee zellweger shit for this um for her accent in this movie i don't really see it as a problem it doesn't sound the most authentic but also it's passable enough that like it's no dick van dyke bro i lived in england and the entire time watching this movie i thought she was english so yeah i think it was it was fine people have yeah it's fine she wasn't slipping in and out of it and she did give it like she gave it her little twist she gave it like her little like i don't really know how to explain it but it was kind of like a little like pursed lip little like twist on it that made it seem like a little bit she was like a it's, little bit she gave it like the airhead treatment. Yeah, it's because know? that's what she sounds like when she talks. So it's like Renee Zellweger talking as if she had an English accent, which I thought it was great. Yeah. I liked it. People, I liked it. Literally of all of the problems to have with this movie, people, that's the one. Calm down. Okay. Get a grip, folks. Get a grip, folks. I have yeah. so many notes on this movie. Me too. Okay. After she meets Darcy. Darce. Our boy Darce. Um, oh my god, she's she so immediately she's trying. She's trying like, so hard. Mouth. Yeah, yeah she, she's trying she says, so hard. <laughs> the part is so funny where, first of all, she like reads him for his sweater, but she really doesn't have any legs to stand on because she's no. wearing a carpet. As he's she says. wearing so a sad. perfectly fine sweater, I would wear yeah. that out into public. I would see that sweater and be like, I gotta have it. Her yeah. thing, nowhere in any of my lives would I ever pick that. It's thing. actually her outfit is kind of Gucci though. Like it's kind of a little bit like It can't last be year both Gucci. things. It can't be both things. It has to be like one or the other. What do you mean? It like it's too to to wear the entire <laughs> to wear the entire outfit is a lot. If she just picked like the one um poinsettia vest mm-hmm. and then wore it with jeans, I would get that. But not like serving both. a little like English teacher moment with like, yeah. jeans and a yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But not like both. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so she she doesn't. We've established she does not have legs to stand on. Insults. No. Like, um, Mark no, Reindeer no, no. cardigan. And then she puts her foot in her mouth. She says, "Oh yeah, my New Year's resolutions are that I'm trying to quit smoking and stop drinking." And then she looks at her hands, at, <laughs> in which she's holding in one hand a like a, a smoking cigarette, and then in the other a mimosa, and goes, "Oops." <laughs> 
<laughs> she's so it's so funny it's so funny like it's definitely very cringy but and because she, she keeps going and she keeps putting her foot in her mouth but she's yeah. trying so hard to like make a conversation to have a conversation yeah. with this tall surly man he and he engage. he won't engage whatsoever so like she's trying to be uh, a person who like with manners at a party and he's just like upset and standing there i get it he has every right to be i get it he has every right to be but he uh, was being a prick so (laughs) yeah so not a great start i guess we could say cut scene to her immediately hearing overhearing him like scalping her entire existence being like she is a she is like a, she smokes like a chimney and drinks, drinks like a fish type of thing and like she's like she's she's got she's look at her fashion sets and blah 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 total read and then like looks over his shoulder and she's standing right behind him like filling her plate up and she's like oh better get oh, along man. yeah and then i'm pretty sure that cuts to like her like after that goes pretty wrong she's like okay i feel like i kind of need to that's that's the, that's the stranger's review of me okay i kind of need to get it together here and then she goes home and she's walking around talking about all the things she wants to change, including the fact that she's going to put away her dirty underwear as she, like, peels a pair of underwear oh my off God, her leg. Oh, my God, peels it off of her leg. I... Sis, I'm worried about you. Like, <laughs> why did it stick to you? Why like, I know it why it stuck to you, but uh, don't. She, uh, that was just that was just a detail that I was like, whoop, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she peels it off or like throws it in the hamper. She I'm was like, just like, oh, oh, oh what's this stuck darling, to my leg? What am I supposed to, what am I supposed to think right now? I'm worried oh about God. you. She yeah. goes on about how she's like, I, I want to get my life together. Always put my underwear in the hamper. Stop drinking so much. Stop smoking so much. <laughs> Obviously lose 20 pounds. So that would bring her down to, guys, 110, just to reiterate. 110 pounds is her goal weight because she's so overweight. Is it a, is it 110 <laughs> like the weight of a child? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah 12 year old girl man yeah so she's Anyways. like okay, i'm gonna lose 20 20 pounds and i'm not gonna date degenerate liar sociopath peep peeping toms anymore and then she's like so because of that list that i just said i definitely can't date my boss daniel cleaver well wait okay before we even go to daniel cleaver she oh, has oh, she oh, is like rewind. she's like wallowing in her self-pity of her and her spinster life she and it's all, one of all by myself montage. yeah it's yeah. the all by myself montage and uh, like watching it back one as a young person who felt the unrequited love a lot i was like this is the future for me i used to look at it and be like this is what it's going to be like in my 30s i'm going to have an apartment to myself that's kind of messy and i'm just going to be drinking and listening to sad music all the time <laughs> this is what's going on in my head. 12-year-old Wat- sitting there and being like, I choose vodka. Yeah. yeah jump ahead. <laughs> Can't wait to try vodka because I will choose it. <laughs> um, but like watching it back, it's one of my favorite scenes because I, I think we've talked about this before when it's like when men, sometimes when men write women, especially women in like the, um, at rock bottom, they write them like ha- going through a crisis, like um, they're performing still to the male gaze, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's the it's put. yeah it's the it's the shot of um, Anya Taylor Joy, 
is that her name from um from the queen's gambit where she's sitting in her like lawn in her negligee <laughs> she's sorry that was exactly what i was thinking about yeah when you were describing like i was like Ooh. i was like yeah she... my eyes and thinking about that exact scene she's, she's sitting like, in her negligee she's, like, dancing to like 60s french music like uh but also she's drinking so much so heavily she's got like mascara smeared under her eyes so she's got naturally she's got sunglasses on in the house a cardigan and then like silky underwear and it's like she's like dancing sexily and then like and drinking like brown 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 liquor like brown spirits ma'am no in what world yeah (laughs) said no one ever like said no one ever and like that's i i think of that now yeah i think of that now because i there was like a there was that photo that still because I still haven't seen the show. There was mm-hmm. that still of her and and people's captions on Twitter were like, "This is what men think when like women are at rock bottom." But it literally like is always what Bridget Jones looks like. Literally, I just wish I wish that it wouldn't solve all the problems because it's not nuanced enough. But I literally just wish the next time that a man goes to write a woman hitting rock bottom. Write it as a man and then mm-hmm. make it a woman because you will get a more realistic scene than if you write what you imagine women are women going through a breakdown are still putting on perfume every morning and they're still showering every day and blah blah. blah. Girl, no. Like sometimes they Why are people are putting on woman. Sometimes women are, they be putting, like, they be putting on makeup and perfume because they, they're trying to ignore the fact that they're about to have a breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you're, getting, you're, you're getting too much into the nuance of it, but, like, you know what I mean? I'm gonna oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop thinking that women are a different fucking species from another planet that swan around in lingerie all the time. Just write it, write a man, and then make it a woman. I dare yeah. you, because you will get something. It's just the fact that. All these writers, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go too long on this, but I think it's just the fact that these writers, they just assume that women are a different species. They don't give women the same. They, they think that there's something else other than a human. They don't mm-hmm. give them the nuance because yeah. they don't think they think there's eighteen thousand varieties of a man and one type of woman. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how it reads to audiences. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, Which, yeah. Which is why watching this scene today i was like i really like this scene because mm-hmm. she's not like it's just her being sad and i relate to this so much of like being in your feelings probably being a little bit inebriated and just wearing like your shitty ugly pajamas yep. and your apartment's a mess and like there's nothing quote-unquote pretty about it mm-hmm and that's what I really, really liked. I think like, yeah, of, she has... Yeah, what? You're kind of touching on something that I want to... It's a question that I want to ask at the end. Oh, okay. That I thought it would be good to save it to the end, but you're kind of, like, getting into it a little bit now, <laughs> and I feel like this is good. This is, like, laying the groundwork. Okay, cool. But, yeah, so I really cool. I really liked that scene, and I, I felt it was important, and especially it's also the scene that her, the title card comes up on. Mm-hmm. I just, I just really, I really liked it. And like then when you she think goes of Bridget and, Jones, you think of her like kind of wallowing around her apartment. I think her of feelings. her, yeah. yeah, I think of her wallowing around in her apartment. I think of her uh, singing or listening to sad music in her apartment by herself. And then I also think of her in the duvet, wrapped yep. in the duvet, eating Ben and Jerry's, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is 
Bridget Jones, Edge of Reason, like, the sequel. Because mm-hmm. it didn't happen here. Yeah, it's in the sequel for sure. Yeah. The squeakquel. The squeakquel. To Bridget, to Jones. <laughs> I stole your joke. But, <laughs> but yeah, so then she's like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. This is not how I want to live. And then, like you said, she starts uh, saying all the things that she wants to be, wants to accomplish in this new year. Mm-hmm. And one of them... Uh, being our introduction into Daniel Cleaver and like that scene of her saying this my scoundrel of a boss and then it's just the music and the elevators open mm-hmm. opening elevator doors Great. opening on Hugh Grant I was like ah I love it also this Great movie this movie is directed by a woman which I never knew um I don't know I would have I, I could have guessed name. yeah I like looking back after now knowing like the differences and like I just saw it and I was like, yes, it all makes sense now. But yeah, when the elevator doors open and it's just Hugh Grant and I was like, I mean, I don't blame Bridget. Oh my God. He literally, his face is like mischief, (laughs) like embodied in a person. He literally just like looking around like, (laughs) I think I learned what a smirk is from Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the dictionary next to the word. Yeah. Just him as Daniel Cleaver is the definition of smirk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, so again, so, I don't blame so she, Bridget. She goes, she goes, <laughs> I, so I will definitely not be dating anyone like my boss. I, I shouldn't, right? Uh, I mean, like, I really, guys, like, should I do it? No. Okay, wait, if you guys, if you guys like this, like, if I get 10 likes, I'll do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's definitely, like, the thing of, like, she's like, I'm definitely, 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 definitely not going to sleep with Daniel Cleaver or anything like that. And then immediately. <laughs> and then immediately, he looks at her. Yeah. He and looks goes, at her ah! and she's like, ah! <laughs> Which, again, Bridget, I don't blame you, dude. I don't. Like bridge, it's okay. It's okay. I love that they call it's her Bridge. It's okay. I started calling her Bridge halfway through the movie. I'm like talking to the TV as it's playing. I like it. I use. I sometimes I think I don't like that name, but I do. Yeah. Literally, the, the the second that she gets like the flirtatious email from him, she imagines their wedding, bro. I know. She's like, guys, I shouldn't do it, right? And then immediately <laughs> has like a fantasy sequence of like them standing. <laughs> Like, also oh this sequence of their flirting and his first mm-hmm. email is an hr so nightmare I, I was thinking that too because it's all in writing it's all in oh. writing there's so much proof it's terrible Bro. it's they're, terrible they're they're like sexting via company like i am or email or my something. god i know can you imagine like HR pulls up the Slack feed from that day and it's just like them <laughs> being so saucy. The Slack feed. <laughs> I I okay. I understand. He's an he's a person in a position of power over her. I get it. Do I love it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but but to be fair, to be fair. His his seniority over her had nothing to do. Like it, they, it's very clear that it had no play in the relationship. Oh yeah 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 yeah. He didn't yeah. like use it to his advantage. Where he's yeah. like, you have to go out with me. I'm your boss. Like I'm. Yeah. He never used it like that. But just yeah. like looking at it, she if was you like, look at no. it at face value. <laughs> Damn, stop. <laughs> if you look at it at face value, you're like, oh, this would. This is so horror. so horror. Yeah. Is jail. it um? Yeah, jail. <laughs> is it a um 
Do I relate to it? Yes. I do. That's it. Yes. <laughs> so small. The tiniest whispered yes. That's all I will say. I think I wrote down in my notes. I was like, is this an HR nightmare? Yes. Is it technically inappropriate? Also, <laughs> yeah. Is it technically inappropriate? Yes. Do I love it? Yes. Are we going to help for it? Yes. Would I do it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Have I done it? Yes. Ooh. And ooh. And I, oops, Actually, and yeah, this it. is a little close to home. It is too close to home, and that's all I will say to about and that. that. Is all, and that is that on that. That's all she wrote. Um, that's, that's all she wrote. Their banter is very good. I love it. It's well mm-hmm. written. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. If if a man flirts with you like that, like how how could you not? Yeah. How how she shows up the next day or the next couple of days in that paper thin t-shirt that she shows up in oh my god I with her that outfit black bra like it's an awful outfit yeah yeah dude have the little he skirt on care. he doesn't care but he like really nobody doesn't. in the office looks at you <laughs> as we've established there is no hr presence whatsoever no so apparently not no dress code um, <sighs> only perpetua staring judgingly across the desk at bridget which is such a funny name. I I think it's so funny. Oh, yeah. Especially the way she says it. P- ah. Perpetua. It sounds, like it's a, it sounds like a fake British name. It sounds like a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're flirting. I love it. It's fantastic. And then he tries to ask her out. And she's like, nah-uh-uh. She's playing she's all like, coy. She's like, no. Which... Because my friends told me not to. Mm-hmm. She went to her friends and was like, guys, should I sleep with my boss? And they were like, um, maybe? Maybe? <laughs> there was something about, like, telling her to give him a BJ to save her job or something? Oh, my God. What? I didn't really understand that part. I don't remember that part. What I remember is that when after he asks her... To go out for dinner and she rejects him. They have the new book launch. Mm-hmm. Kafka's motorcycle. And... Motorcycle. Something like that. <laughs> Kafka's motorcycle. And she's like, what do I do? He's asked me out, but I've said no. And they're strategizing on how to get him, like, obsessed with her and to... And it works. <laughs> I guess ask her out again, even though he already has asked her. Yeah, I didn't really like understand that dynamic. It's just either. like this is this is also a thing in like the er, like the nineties and the early two thousands that there's so much like strategizing when it comes to dating and the opposite sex. Like so much of it is like you have to play a little coy. The you entire look amazing. movie, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, the end. Inter- <laughs> no, 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 no. How was the guy in ten days? Is what I was thinking of. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's the yes. one. It's just, like, ugh, so much strategy, and it's not, and it's, like, so much manipulation on, like, women's part. And, like, again, this is, co- contextually, in the in the zeitgeist, it's all about, like, how to trap a man into, how to catch a man. Because even, like, ugh, even when Mark Darcy shows up with um, Natasha, and we see Natasha for the first time, mm-hmm. and Perpetua. Who is Miss Honey from Matilda? Oh, shit! Yeah. Amy told me that. I didn't... I was like, I know her from something, and then Amy told me what it was. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm normally so good at that, but they're such different characters. I know. 
it was like he had a whole new face wow Uh, i'm blown away i'm blown away (laughs) so we meet natasha (laughs) yeah we meet natasha at the kafka's motorcycle party Mm -hmm. oh yeah wait let's say what her friends told her to do so they told her to look drop dead gorgeous so cut to uh (laughs) Bridget waxing her a own waxing cooter. waxing and shaving montage. <laughs> waxing and shaving. So long. <laughs> waxing and shaving. And then um, she's like, they, to- uh, they told her to ig- ignore him and flirt with everybody else instead mm-hmm. of him. And be just delightful to- and charming to everyone else. Be delightful and charming to everyone else and be intelligent. Mm-hmm. And then introduce people Which, with details. Which, by the way, you can't just tell someone to be intelligent. That's why she has a, she's vacuuming and ha, and has a book in her hand and she's practicing how to say Salman Rushdie's name. <laughs> Chechnya. Chechnya. Isn't it the situation Chechnya? <laughs> Chechnya. Also, I didn't realize Salman Rushdie was in this movie. Bro, mean either. I thought, I just said mean either. <laughs> and I kind of like it. I thought at first, like, she was like, I was, she kept on going Salman Salman and I was like oh, lol like Salman Rushdie and then she's like at the book party and she like literally points to him and goes like oh you know and like mentions him by name and I'm like holy shit how do they get Salman Rushdie in this movie like, what? Even when I was younger I, when I was younger and I watched it like I've I'd heard of the name Salman Rushdie but I didn't mm-hmm. think he would do this like I Me, didn't think yeah so I was just like oh it's just whatever like I wasn't paying attention I was just uh watching her fucking bomb we never are yeah. On stage. Yeah, I was just looking at Hugh Grant. <laughs> so I didn't realize that Salman Rushdie was in this movie, um, wild. And yeah. he's so he's like so funny in it. People just keep asking him where the washroom is and he's like, I, it's over there. And he says, I'm pretty sure it's him that says like the line about he like repeats the line that she had said earlier on the phone about how this book is Kafka esque. No, no, no. <laughs> And then, like, it was kind of like she was BSing on the phone to pretend like she was on the phone with, like, some famous person. And then, it t- yeah. and then like, Salman Rushdie at the party says the exact same thing that she says. Yeah. Which is very funny to me. Yeah. But apparently ignoring him worked at the party because then he came up to her after. Excuse me. Whoa. whoa no details. We're given. Daniel comes up to Bridget <laughs> and is like, well, you absolutely bombed that. Anyways, I think I need to take you to dinner now because you ignored me all night. Oh, yeah. That's oh, hot. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love a woman who doesn't pay any attention to me. Well, oh this is also a guy who's like rich and handsome and women are swooning at his feet so that when he gets someone who like blows him off, he's like now I want her more. Again, manipulation. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, so then when we meet Natasha, we see that Mark Darcy's at this party at this book launch for some reason and with his no like law No apparent reason. He's just always there. Um, he is, he's with, there with his law partner named Natasha and Perpetua, I guess, knows her and they go off to talk and then Perpetua was like, that's a very handsome man in reference to Mark Darcy. Mm-hmm. And Natasha's like sipping her, her drink. She's like, I'm working on it. Give me time. Mm-hmm. So it's just like women everywhere at this time are just strategizing how to fucking Scheming. lock down scheming yeah just to lock down a man and men are just running around like dating and not wanting things for themselves and being like tricked into relationships like it's so like this is the thing too when men don't think that feminism is important it's like 
feminism is also trying to tell you that you can be like a full person and not just like this idiot who gets to be controlled by women because the the language is always like you have to be like you have to trick your husband into thinking that he wants the things that you want for him but you have to put it into his head like it's his idea it's very 1950s it's just like it's just like that's (laughs) you're just saying that men are stupid by like saying that they can't want anything or make good decisions on their own a woman has to manipulate them so that they think it's it's their own idea because you know if she what? just tells I think them that there is a strong argument to say that men can't make good decisions on their own but we'll gloss over that right now. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah in a jet yeah i'm not I'm just Listen, joking i'm not i'm just joking to our small percentage of male listeners we love you you guys are really smart you're like really smart <laughs> But, like, that always just, like, irks me when men are like, well, feminism isn't important. Bro, like, we're we're trying to say that you you can be a better person, too, and not have to fucking cater to the good for men could be a whole other podcast. We could go on for days, bro. But, yes, I totally agree with you. It's, like, it's just just one of the ways. It's very, it's, you know, I think... I'm going to put it up to it's a product of its time, this movie, in the way that oh, it's, for like, sure. those things. And I think we have to excuse it because what else are we going to do about it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I you am know? excusing it. I'm just, like, I'm just now wa- watching it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have, like, a problem against it because I, I know that that's, um, that's the whole way to get husbands or, like, that was culturally accepted. Like, there's a whole movie... <laughs> about it like you mentioned like how to lose a guy in 10 days about manipulating men you know mm-hmm. so um i'm not i'm not like against it i'm just like it sounds exhausting mm-hmm. <laughs> and like later yeah, when she like goes to that work, yeah. it sounds like so much work it sounds exhausting and these women are supposed to have like careers and then also be doing this and like when she goes to that dinner party full of couples later oh and they're all God. like why the worst thing i've ever seen I actually um, thought it was what? so funny when all of the couples said hello. It was like that. They kind of said hello <laughs> yeah. in tandem with each other. And it was like that scene from 101 Dalmatians when all of the dogs look like their owners. And they even yeah. walk in the same way. And so you see each the shot of each of the couples. And they're kind of like doing the same kind of body posture and facial expressions. And they say hello in the exact same tone as each other yeah. in sync. I thought that was such a nice touch. It was so funny. Yeah, very. The scene is very funny. Very also, like, another scene that shows how underrated. No one appreciates Bridget's humor because she's no. so funny in that scene. She's, she's like, very funny. Everyone's like being so like, kind of like, kind of just dismissive to her and being like, Bridget, you know, what is it that so many women in their thirties are unmarried these days? And they all look at her like she's some kind of authority on being a spinster. And then she like. She goes, well, I don't know. Maybe it's because we've all got scales under our clothes. And, like, no, one <laughs> no one laughed. And that was very funny. And then there was this other thing where she's like, they're like hounding her and prodding her. And she goes, she's like, yeah. Um, and what was it again? What was the stat again for divorce couples? Was it one in three or one in four? And like, it was just like a kind of like a little thing that no one picked up on except for Mark. He except for Mark Darcy. Comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. So we didn't even say that at the launch party, she bombs it. I just wanted to say that, like, all of it worked. You're right. It did work. They left. And at the, at the, his scene with, like, at dinner, he's being, he's so, like, 
he doesn't listen to her. Like, we obviously can see that he's not a good option for her. He's just, mm-hmm. like, really good looking and she's, like, falling for it. And they hook up. He sees her, like, large granny panties. That's it. It's a very, like, I think it's a cute scene because it's, it's like, fun and it's not, like... I don't like when sex scenes are only kind of, like, sexy and dramatic yeah. and all that stuff. Like, because it's not always like that. It's, like... It's also not the sh- tone of the movie, right? It's no, like, exactly. It's more of, like, a fun-loving movie. Exactly. I just like that it was fun. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, then she goes to this dinner party eventually later. I think they break up before that, though. Don't they? So, from what I remember, they he, they hook up for the first time. Um, and then she has that, um, oh, she's line so that, happy. She's like, he's perfect. She's purposely ignoring her, his red flags because, um, yeah, not, like 10 minutes ago in the movie, she described him as this like flandering, lying, peeping Tom uh, misanthrope. And then she's going, and then like two scenes later, she's like, he's perfect. We're in yeah. love. He's taking me. It, this can't be just shagging. A mini break means true love. And he's taking oh my me God, on a yeah. mini break on the weekend. He's, we're driving out to the country and we're going to row about in boats. And, yeah. you know, like, I'm pretty sure her dad has the little interlude where he's, her, he, he, you find out that her mom is, like, kind of leaving her dad for being oh, attentive yeah. to her. And then you kind of cut back to them going on their holiday. She's like, he's perfect. I feel like Grace Kelly, blah, blah, blah. And they go to the, um, that mini break weekend in, like, this beautiful mm-hmm. old english country man my god and then the only other people who are at this place the only other people there's this massive wedding with hundreds of people and the only other people who aren't with the wedding are mark darcy and his partner-in-law natasha and so like it doesn't even make sense why they're there because he's like you know we came out I, i brought her along so we could get some work done well then why did you come at all like why does your impetus to be here yeah. Oh, I think it's because the next day it was the uh, whores and vicars party. Yeah, but tarts Darcy, and tarts Darcy, and vicars. Was Darcy at that? Yeah. Oh, it's all coming. They were back, there. You know. They were there looking. Oh yeah, because um, Natasha's bitchy about it. Yeah, Natasha's all like. All the women oh. in this movie are so mean to Bridget. So mean. For no reason. For no reason except she's a, literally the only reason I can think of is that she's twenty pounds heavier than them. They're just jealous. They're just jealous. The lo- like the a little women. rat jumping around a corner looking for a food. <laughs> <laughs> They're jealous. Very jealous. Very oh my jealous. God. I think just, also just, Natasha. They also, they know that she's hooking up with all the guys that they want and they are jealous. I genuinely yeah. think that's what it is. I think, I think Natasha can see that Mark Darcy has some like oh he my god looking he's after gazing her. longingly oh my god that scene when they're in the the boats and they're rowing around oh my god it's t- very funny to me because it kind of cuts from daniel going Ugh, whatever it's fun to be out here as long as we're not like rowing around in boats reading each other poetry cut to them rowing crazily in these two separate rowboats <laughs> with like empty beer cans in the bottom of the rowboat and cigarettes <laughs> hanging from both of their mouths they're like <laughs> rowing around like crazy like drunken ants Same. Saying and obscene just, uh, po- poetry. She goes, she goes, oh, season of mist and mellow fruitness, fruitlessness. And then it cuts to Daniel Cleaver and he goes, oh, fuck, I love Keats. With a little cigarette <laughs> hanging out of his mouth. So funny. And so it's very just, like, funny. They're just having a good fun time. And then like, 
and then Mark Darcy and Natasha are like over like uh, like a little ways away on the on the lake and then Natasha's reading from this ledger like trying to like work on a case and Mark Darcy is like so sheepishly looking over at Daniel and Bridget having a good time like so wishing you wish that was you huh like it was one of those moments he wishes and then she's like and they're kind of horsing about and like he falls in the water and tries to pull Bridget in and whatnot and then and then Natasha looks over and goes, oh, so childish. And then Darcy's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, totally so childish. I definitely wouldn't want to do that. He's, he's literally, like, looking at him, just longingly looking so at the two longingly. of them, at, at Bridget and Daniel. He's longingly looking at them, and, and, and Natasha turns to him, and she's like, ugh, childish. And he's like, yeah. I would hate to be doing that. Like, every emotion you've ever felt is on your face. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no wonder she's rude to Bridget if she can, if she sees even, like, a yeah. semblance of anything on his face. No wonder, but also, bitch, get a life. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're beautiful and you're a lawyer. Like, I yeah. think you'll do fine without Mark Grow Darcy. Up, girl boss. Yeah, come on. Come on. They go to the Tarts and Vickers party and Daniel makes like some excuse. They have such a good time. Daniel, mm-hmm. Daniel makes a, an excuse to go back because things are difficult and uh, publishing is dying and blah, blah, blah. I also noticed this time around that the publishing house that they that... work for is called Pemberley Press. <gasps> I didn't notice that. Yeah. I only noticed it because eventually, so he, he goes away, makes Bridget go to the party without the party the party that they were supposed to he go to he says he can't go and this is a prime example of bridget purposely ignoring red flags when she knows yeah what kind of, excuse me she knows what kind of person he is but he also guess. spoke to her in such a shitty way and she hugs her like let her yeah, knees to she her was, chest she was in a very like defensive her body language is very like yeah. oh i'm kind of like scared because he like he like yelled and swore as not ostensibly at her but like it was it was at her it was a big it, blow it, up in, in all, and like exactly yeah, and he basically told her, well, you wouldn't know anything about any serious yeah. thing because you're and just frivolous and a skirt and blah, blah, He immediately apologizes and love bombs and deflects when she asks him if he loves her. And just, yeah. just it's, like a, it's like a checklist of narcissistic behaviors. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Horrible. 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 So, yeah, she goes to this party that's called Tarts and Vickers Party. So she's dressed up like a Playboy bunny. Mm-hmm. Shows up. Nobody else is dressed up because Jeffrey... Because Uncle Jeffrey, Jeffrey's a perv, and then for also forgot is a forgetful perv and forgot to tell everybody that the only thing worse theme was off is a forgetful one. one. Um, And then again, Mark, Darcy, and Natasha are at this party, and again, she's so rude to Bridget, and Bridget then is rude to Mark Darcy because, um, because she thinks because she thinks because Daniel told her, so this is she has no reason not to think this is true. Daniel told her that he asked that he had Mark over to meet his fiance and Mark and his fiance cheated him on him with Mark. So essentially, yep. essentially Mark stole his fiance away from him. Mm-hmm. And Bridget has no reason. No, she to, has no to reason. Believe this is false. So no. she has kind of a chip in her shoulder about Darcy as if she didn't already. Now she thinks that mm-hmm. he's kind of this like douchebag you know scoundrel scoundrel yeah yeah so she's rude to darcy because he's kind of he openly is talking down about daniel cleaver is talking shit Mm -hmm. about him and she's like how dare you is defending her man and then she goes home from the party early she goes to daniel to surprise him 
Um, he kind of is like, oh, like, I'll call you later, all that stuff. Why don't you go home, He's blah, being blah. sus. He's trying to get her out of the apartment. Being very sus, being very chill and just being like, nothing, I'm just working, no, no problem. And then she thinks, she, she hears a noise, goes to see if there's someone in his bedroom, and then there's nobody in his bedroom. And she's like, oh, I'm being crazy, I'm so sorry. So he's gaslighting her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, don't worry, don't worry about it. She's about to leave, and then she sees a pink cardigan hanging up on the thing. And she knows it's not hers. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway that somebody else is in the house. She runs back upstairs, goes into the ba- uh, bedroom that she had just checked, but then instead just goes into the bathroom. And there's a, a beautiful, skinny American woman sitting there with, like, a, a, a portfolio uh, that says Pemberley Press, which is the reason why I thought. Who is sitting there... But the no-name version of Lisa Rinna. That is exactly what that character was. Yeah. And she's, she's just... So... So Bridget Jones walks in. She's ostensibly, obviously, floored. Gut-wrenched. Heartbroken. She's just found out that her mans is cheating on her. And what does this woman say to her? She says to Daniel, I thought you said she was thin. She Ridiculous. She twists the knife. She twists the knife. Girl, also, in that as... moment, you could have said nothing, bitch, but you chose to be fat phobic. And she's yeah. not even fat! <laughs> but we won't go there anymore. I said my bitch. She... I'm not going to go back yeah. on it. I just, like, couldn't believe also that Bridget is staring at this naked woman in the mm-hmm. bathroom, and this naked woman is sitting there so smug, like, girl, you were mm-hmm. the one hiding in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You're on clothes on. Your your full vagina is on the cold metal bathtub. Uh, Ooh, right. Get her cat. <laughs> and then she says the thing about who's vulnerable uh, right now. Is it Bridget or is it the lady yeah. who's sitting is with the her fully clothed Bri- out yeah. in the bathroom where you're hiding in? Sis. Exactly, this girl. And then okay. Daniel Cleaver has the audacity to introduce them. Oh my! As God, if like was... it, he was like, oh, oh, this naked woman. I know, he's like, this naked woman in my bathroom? Uh, this is, uh, from the, Amer- uh, this woman from the American office. This is Bridget. And then she says the thing about Bridget being, uh, thin. I was like, what the fuck is this scenario? Yeah, you're like, are, I felt like I was having, like, a strong watching it. Yeah, I was like, get, get out of there, Bridget. Get out of there, Bridge. Run. Run. Fana. Literally, <laughs> she's got her bunny ears and, like, corset and bunny tail on Poor still. thing. Oh, Bridget, baby. She, she like, walks her. home. In her outfit, oh, she walks by home. <laughs> so, yeah, so then she's heartbroken, and then she's like, never again am I getting my heart broken by this piece of shit. And then, so she really starts to better herself. But Daniel's apartment, though. Oh, so nice. So, the... so much natural light. It the bookshelves. The oh. way that almost the whole place looked like a loft with the exposed oh. beams and everything. All the walls were bookshelves. <gasps> I, I open mouth gasped when I saw I the know. bookshelves. That one shot, I was like, oh my good god. That is beautiful. Besides his like hair and his uh, face, it's my favorite thing about him. Open his mouth, it would be great. If, it ju- if he just stayed kind of like quiet and even didn't the things really that do he anything, says are kind of like a bit edgy. Like, sometimes oh God, he, he says said... charming things, but sometimes he says things that I'm like, oh, that hurts it's me awful. the wrong way. He went when they when he takes her out to dinner and he I calls her a dirty say. bitch. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, 
You what now? <laughs> it's if like it's anything, it's the audacity. I know. I was on the first date, man. Not on the first date. What did she Mm -hmm. say? She barely even said anything. She like she like laughed it off like this is part of the flirty banter and it's. I know. I was like, oh, queen, you could have standards. You You could do that. Of course you do, you dirty bitch. And I was like, ah. Yeah, I was shocked too, because I was watching this also when I was very young and I was kind of like. Me too. I was taking it kind of like as like an indication of like what it would be like. Yeah, what dating as an adult was like. like. Wrong and though. I mean, in some aspects, sometimes <laughs> it reminded me so much of that scene in Fleabag where he calls her. Um, <gasps> oh, it's, after it's they really, get off the bus. Yes. Yeah, he after oh, he gets off the bus like, and then shocked. he calls her dirty bitch. But then at least he has the wherewithal to be like, that was a joke. I was joking. It was a bad joke. I hated yeah. it. But yeah. Daniel Cleaver is like fully he, serious. He wasn't joking. He, he was, wasn't joking. Yeah. That's just how he talks, and it's awful. And she's like, ah ha ha, dust, ashes her cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> also in that so scene. Much in this movie. Oh, my, my God. God. When she's like, when she tries to bring up Chechnya to show that she's intelligent and whatever, he's like, I couldn't give a fart, Jones. And that was. That was very The way funny. he said, very funny. I love that line. There were a few lines that he had that were really funny, like, later on, after. So maybe I'll wait till we get to that point. I'll just wait. Till okay. Okay. Um, so, okay. Okay. So, so she's heartbroken. Date, yeah. Yeah. She's heartbroken. And then she goes to that uh, dinner with those, all those couples. And mm-hmm. I, what I wrote down was this is actual hell. Like Dante didn't know what hell is. Dante's Inferno garbage. To me, this is hell. Bridget's if hell, Inferno. Yeah. This is <laughs> Bridges Inferno. Like, literally, this is the only level of hell, and it's just this dinner this party is, happening for deepest. eternity. You know, you know in, in... You've read it, right? You, you're yeah. an English student. Of course you've read it. I have multiple so, versions. <laughs> so, you know when he gets to, like, the lowest circle, and it's, like, ice, and the devil is frozen in it? Yeah. If Dante had continued even deeper and chiseled into the ice to the point where he had been able to crawl inside Satan's asshole... He would have found this dinner party. Yeah. Yes, I agree. This yeah. is truly. <sighs> he could have just written the entire thing about this dinner party, and I would have been like, "Yeah, yeah, that is hell. That's everyone's version of hell." Yeah, it was. You awful. skip to the skip to the last chapter. Yeah, 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 and it does a good job of like painting what. <laughs> the, like the worldview uh, Bridget has or like the world she's living in of just like every almost everybody she knows is like in a couple and there's just because she's 32 there's just so much expectation for her to already be married and happy everyone and be around her is telling her to, to be married and why isn't she married yet and she better hurry up and get married yeah yeah <sighs> so Again, she was underappreciated in that scene. You're right. She was being very funny. She's trying to be very funny and polite and never blows up at anybody, even Mm -hmm. though they're being so openly rude to her. And then just, like, leaves the dinner party. She's like, I've had a terrible time. As she's leaving. As she's leaving. What happens, This is the part where we get the magical line where Darcy catches her on her way out and she's like, look, man, I've been having a rough time and the last (laughs) thing I need right now is for you to tell me how shit I am at being a person and how bad everything's going for me. <laughs> and he's like, no, actually, I was going to tell you that I actually really like you. And she yeah. goes, 
yeah, I, you like me uh, without the if smoking I was skinnier, and the drinking. Yeah, and if yeah. I was skinnier. And he goes, no, no, I like you just as you are. And she looks gobsmacked in every sense of the word. She's taken very much aback by this and is kind of like floating on cloud nine thinking about this thing that he said to her for like the next like three weeks like but literally leaves, what a yeah. concept what a concept to bridget where she's trying to change herself to be more likable to men mm-hmm. so that she gets a boy like a good boyfriend and then she gets married like mm-hmm. what a concept that she was like someone likes me for who i am without mm-hmm. me changing anything groundbreaking so <laughs> in insanity to to even imagine someone could be out there to like you just as you are but like, you know, no, no, this is, this is relating to the question that I want to ask you like at the end, but I'll, so I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pull back. But yeah, uh, so, so, so yeah. she, he tells her this and then she immediately has to conference with her friends and say like, what do you guys think? And they're kind of like just as flabbergasted as she is. They're, they're so like, gobsmacked well, I guess too. You, you gotta, I guess you gotta be in love with him now. I mean, there's nothing else to do. I'm, my favorite Tom, like. Tom being like, but this is a person you hate. And she's like, oh, yeah. Which Even is- though he likes me as <laughs> as, sh- as she is. She was like, no, 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 I do still hate him, right? I should still hate him. Right. Girl, I mean, <laughs> you don't have That's- to. Basically, the whole conversation was them saying, girl, I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. He said a really nice thing to you. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty nice. And I mean, look at this, these other guys you've been dating, so maybe. Yeah. Then so we then, start to see more Mark Darcy. Yeah. So so she is. So this is where you see her change careers. She, oh yeah. She has she gets a new job. Moment, yes, she has the moment where she gets a new job working with Sit Up Britain, and the interviews are very funny. She interviews mm-hmm. with two other TV stations before she interviews with Sit Up Britain, and they're like, "So why do you want to work here?" And instead of giving some BS answer, she says, "Because." I slept with my boss at my old job and now I need to leave. And he goes, well, fair enough. You start on Monday. And by the way, <laughs> at this, at Sit Up Britain, uh, you is not sleeping with your boss is uh, not a rule here. So just yeah. take that into account. And so she goes, she then, with her newfound job and her newfound direction in life, working in TV, she goes back to Daniel Cleaver and she goes, I will be quitting. And then he goes, throws a fuss. Oh, you need to give six weeks notice, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, actually, No. I'm going to go now because I've been offered another job. And then she goes to leave and he follows her out into the common area of work. And this is where we get the spectacle of her. Mm-hmm. She is saying, fuck you, Daniel. I'm going to leave and I'm getting another job. And also you're kind of a prick. And it's in front of the whole office. And she delivers this line. He goes, well, you can't leave and blah, blah, blah. And there's lots of, you know, there's lots of opportunities for a person like you at a company like this. And she goes, oh, that's really great to hear, Daniel. But, um... If that means working within 10 meters of you, I'd rather get a job wiping Saddam Hussein's ass. And then it goes, what you want, baby, I got what you need. And it's a very woman power montage of her leaving and snapping her fingers. She doesn't actually snap her fingers as she goes, but it's very much that energy. She's walking up the stairs and all the all the people are watching her leave like, oh, yeah, look at her go, Bridget. Oh, they're like, yes, good for you, Bridget. Slow clap. Mm, good for you. They're all tittering at her, her, her burn. And then she leaves. She starts her new job where she has a disastrous fire pole moment. 
oh at the God. first day on the job, which is just me at any any job I've ever worked before where they never give you any training. So I totally mm-hmm. relate to that scene. <laughs> I couldn't believe... I was like, what is her job, actually? Because you can't just throw someone... Yeah. I was very stressed. I feel like you I get suspend it. suspend disbelief to believe this job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got upset by it, where I was like... <laughs> They would never throw you in front of the camera without any prep. Like, you're not setting her up for success. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, how short was that clip if they were like, they only had time to show her sliding down the pole? And then they're like, okay, wrap it up, wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> when she literally slides down the pole, she falls. She, like, is trying to get up and they're like, there's no more time. <laughs> what so was stressful. she even supposed to say to the chief? Are you the chief? Yes. That's it. End of interview. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I okay. Bye now. Um, <laughs> so she gets a new job. All that stuff. she leaves. Uh, Daniel. She's making better decisions for herself. I like the montage of her. Her like rocky montage of being a better woman slash person. Uh, she throws out some books, and I wrote down the titles of them. Mm-hmm. So the first book she threw out was "What Men Want." Fuck that. Fuck it. <laughs> Second one is "How Men Think." Ugh. The third one is how to make men want what they don't think they want. <laughs> These are the books I she's like spending that. time they reading. Said book one plus book two equals book three. <laughs> oh, that's comedy. So then she replaces them with books called How to Get What You Want and Want What You Have. Mm-hmm. Life Without Men. <laughs> And women who love men are mad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just thought it's that the books forward. were very it's a funny. Step forward, Bridge. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, Bridget, you really have to go to these books. You really have to find the answers this here. This is like maybe like very pre-internet, I guess. Yeah, this is very. She needed to find that. She need, she couldn't like crowdsource the self-love. She I just like the idea that she's so, she's so like desperate for some answers as to why it's not working. Mm. So she goes to books like these books. Anyways, poor Bridget. Honestly, yeah. like she doesn't, no one is building her up enough. Like crippling insecurities. The terrible. only person in her life who's like so nice, like her friends are nice to her, but they're kind of like, I mean- you know, they're like, oh, Bridge, you're, like, insecure about your weight. Okay, well, that's just something you're insecure about. And they don't try and be like, oh, like, but you're so sweet and lovable and you, you yeah. deserve it. Blah, blah. Her, the only person who's, like, so sweet to her is her dad. Yeah. But even her dad, as previously established in the fact that he isn't giving her mother enough attention to stay in the marriage... He's not necessarily the person who's sitting around giving, like, verbal validation all no, the time to no. his loved ones. So she's not necessarily getting that from anywhere, which is, like, sad. Which is sad. Which, I mean, like, no wonder she is sad or Mm -hmm. is um, misplaced in her, in the way that she views, like, her problems Mm -hmm. or, like, what's getting in her way. Like, it's just, it's so nice to watch these movies after having first watched them when they first, like, came out and just now being, like, that's bad. That's pro like her friendships are problematic or yeah. this is the reason why she's like this. Like you can't blame her. She hasn't been validated in her feelings and been supported. Yeah. You know? She doesn't have a anybody gassing her up. Her friends are well intentioned, but very self centered. I think that's what it comes down to. 
Yeah. Which a lot of people have friends like have friend groups like that. It's very realistic. It's not oh yeah. That, you know, not every not everyone you're friends with is gonna like be able to gas you up the way you need or necessarily no. even know what you need. You know. No. Especially if and you're it's not just, telling them. Yeah. I, I think it also plays into the fact that this movie came out in the early 2000s and, like, mm. the expectations for your friends at that time. Like, you think you're going to find all of this validation and self-worth and whatever in a partner mm-hmm. when now I feel like mm-hmm. you get a lot of that. The the talk has, like, transitioned from you get a lot of that from your friends and then a partner is just kind of a good addition to that. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be where you find your self-worth. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I, I like, no, n- no hate on the friends, though. I think that they're... No, 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 I, no, like, no. I do love the friend group. I think that it's nice that it shows, it, it's, instead of just, like, other rom-coms where you only see, like, the one best friend come in every once in a while when she needs, like, the main character needs something, you have yeah. her friends who show up over and over again. Like, they are a constant presence in her life. So I think that, I think yeah. that, that part of how they were written was really good. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love the friends. I don't say that... I'm not saying that they're bad friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're, I think, a product of their time. Of the well. 2001s. Of the 2001s. Um, okay, so where are we at? They had uh, Satan's asshole dinner party. Right. And then, so they... <laughs> she gets a new job. Her, yeah, so he tells her that he likes her just as she is. And then this is when she gets a break at work and her boss mm-hmm. tells her to go cover the Agani Heaney case. Mm-hmm. And the Agani Heaney case is Kafir Agani and Eleanor Heaney, who are a Kurdish. The first is Kurdish and the second is English. They're both citizens of those countries that I just said in the most in- <laughs> in- way. Um, and so... He is, like, a freedom fighter, and she is in love with him, and they're living in England because his native country is, like, politically um, dangerous for him. So he's about to be extradited, and they've been she's been fighting for him for the past five years to stay in England and basically avoid a death sentence that, of what it would be if he went home. And they that day they get the ruling on the case. And who is the barrister on the case? Mark Darcy. Our boy, Mark Darcy, he's on the case. And guess what? They won. They smashed it. So They won. Agani gets to stay in the in England, and, and like, they were supposed to be there covering it as they left the courthouse so they could get an interview with them. Um, but, like, they, she was buying cigarettes, and the cameraman was taking a piss. <laughs> so, so, like, neither of them got it, and they're like, oh, we fucked up, blah, blah, And Bridget's like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my job. But, like, as she's in the corner store buying cigarettes, like, Mark's there, and he's like, oh, you know, you're not the only one who didn't get an interview. No one got an interview. She was like, how do you know? He goes, because I'm advising him and I told him not to give any interviews, but I've got a plan. And then he, like, scoops her um, and gives her... No, he gives her the scoop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I messed up. No, I thought you meant to say like, I, I, scoops I, her Yeah, that's what arms. I was going to say, but then I couldn't say scoop twice in one sentence. And it actually applies to journalism more than someone being carried away. So I thought <laughs> I should switch up my sentence structure. So so he gives her the scoop and she's the only one who gets the interview. Everyone loves it. She's very charming in the interview. She smashes it. Um, so Mark Darcy does her a very big career favor in this moment. He, he yeah. at the very... At the worst, he gave her an in, and at the best, he may have saved her job. So, yes, um, exactly. So that happens. It's great. 
And then the next scene, we see her feeling really good about her, like, career. She's feeling really pumped. She's like, you know what? I am uh, an amazing reporter. And as a matter (laughs) of fact, I think that now I'm ready to take on the culinary arts. Because I've I've conquered reporting. And now I think I'm going to try and see if I'm a good chef. She has one good day at work. She has a very passable interview. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I mean, I don't think Bridget has a lot of wins in her life. So I get that this went to her head, really. But literally, the <laughs> from going from one, having one good day at work where she didn't show her ass to the entire uh, entirety of Britain mm-hmm. to then going, I'm going to cook my friends a four course meal. Yeah, that was ambitious. She's, so ambitious. She's like fucking huge leaks coming out of her bag. She's <laughs> buying all the groceries. She has new cookbooks. Like, Bridget. <laughs> like, I gotta say, of, of Bridget's flaws, mm-hmm. lack of ambition is not one of them. No, no, no. She's a very, like, I love. I also get that way. I think she might have, like, okay, so this thing with people with ADHD, you'll get hobbies. <laughs> You get obsessed with a new hobby and you just, like, buy a bunch of new materials for it and then you think you're going to, like, be obsessed with it and then you do it straight for, like, three weeks and then you just abandon it. I think I have ADHD. Bro. <laughs> Perhaps a little. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't hold it against her. I'm just, like, it's very funny. And this is a... It speaks a lot about her character, like you said. She's... She's... Just always very optimistic about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things, and it's very sweet. But it is, but yeah, it's, it's, no. I was gonna say, like, I think it. I think a lot of it is done for the comedy of just being like, look at all the Bridget's plans, and then just yeah. she thinks so highly for herself, and then immediately is so, so humbled, like mm-hmm. really quick. But yeah, so she starts making this dinner. It's obviously a disaster because she's not a culinary genius, unfortunately. And then who shows up at her door? She makes door? the classic blue soup, baby. She makes the classic blue Iconic. blue sloop. And then, so she's in the middle of royally ruining the entire dinner. And then yeah, Mark the fuck Darcy. Is the fucking tuna. Yeah, Mark Darcy shows up at her door, saves the tuna, saves the day. Ends up. Oh my god, he shows ends up, up and sh- like salvaging the meal. Makes an omelet. Yeah. He takes off his sports coat and he's like, okay, rolls up his. Oxford sleeves and is like, mm-hmm. do you have eggs? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Mark's here for the rescue. I, I got, got you. you. Like, I one. Used to be a short order cook. <laughs> you got bacon. Diner. You got bread and a toaster. You're gonna be in for a good time. She's like, I've got leeks so and tuna. Sweet. He's like, well, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> He's so sweet to her. He shows up and he starts immediately like helping her. Shows up and her uh, soup has turned blue. He's looking at it and it's just a disaster. There's one moment where he's like, your soup is blue. And she starts cursing. And he looks at her and he's like, he's so much taller than she is. And he looks at her and has this little smile. Like he finds her cursing like a sailor, like so endearing and cute. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good moment. Yeah, it was a very good moment. And then he helps her uh, with her meal. And I love when her friends show up and they're completely... Oh, before their friend, before her friends even show up, like, they're 
cooking and like being really funny and mm-hmm. they have inside jokes together and it's just a very sweet sweet little the moment banter's, the banter is very cute and good the banter is very cute and then her friends show up and they're completely Baffled. shook completely like they're they're a pure ruckus pure definition of a ruckus and then they show up and they see him and they're like <gasps> yep i love that. a gabe mouths open open mouth gasping full <sighs> body chills and then he stays for dinner and um stays for dinner and everybody is uh funny and awkward during the scene it's very sweet mm-hmm. and he's just like staring at her the entire time like so in love yeah. like blatantly staring at her in yeah. front of her friends and her friends are like looking at each other like should we get out of here should we should we go <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at her. I don't know, Bridges made this soup. Should we stay? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, man. And then who else shows up at this party and ruins the fucking thing? who else could possibly show up at this party who would advance the plot but Daniel Cleaver? He put a real... That Cleaver put a wrench in their plans. Yep. Yep. He cleaved... There, I can't no, I can't go anywhere with that. I'm trying to I'm trying too hard. It's, it's over. <laughs> he shows up and he's like, Oh, I thought you would be alone. So rude. Shut your ass. Literally, I wanted to deck him in that moment. And I know. He's like, Is that blue soup? She she just doesn't say anything. She's like, Why are you here? He's like, She just well, <laughs> she just like flat out goes, Yes. Why yeah. are you here? Yeah. And he's like, let's go out on the balcony. We need to talk, blah, blah, blah. Everyone also, is staring if it and wasn't, listening if we to didn't us. already establish it, Mark and Daniel have a very antagonistic relationship. They knew each other before Bridget came into the picture. And we think it's antagonistic because Mark stole Daniel's fiance. Is that true? To be determined. Because <laughs> when Daniel's there and he's trying to get Bridget back, he goes, uh, she, I need you back, Bridge. I, I can't live without you. All I do is think about you, blah, blah, blah. She goes, well, what about Tara or whatever the um, American uh, publishing lady's name was? And then mm. he goes, oh, it's over with her. It was She ended it because she could see that I couldn't get over you. And I was like, ugh, vomit, you piece of trash. Manipulative garbage. This entire speech was just him trying to get her back because – who even knows? It was he, just like yeah, every move. He just in the he book. makes it about her. He makes it about oh no, sorry. He makes it about him. Yeah, he's so, never like I love you for who yeah, you are. He's it's like, all like you. I need you. Uh, my yeah. life is falling apart. I can't do anything else. All I can think about is you. I need yeah. you. My fiance left me because of you. Blah blah blah. And she's just kind of standing there, baffled. As she's standing there, trying to be like, I don't know what's going on. Mark goes. Mark comes up, and he's like, I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. Bridget's kind of follows him back into the place. Daniel follows her, and then he goes. I can't remember how exactly it went, but he leaves the place, and then mm-hmm. she is still sus. So she turns back to Daniel and she repeats the question, "Why are you here?" And he doesn't get the chance to answer. Be- well, actually, he does get the chance to answer, and he deflects and asks why Darcy is there. Yeah. Yet again, deflecting and not answering a very straightforward question. And then and then who comes back in but the devil himself, Darcy. He comes back <laughs> in, striding in, very angry, and he's like, Cleaver, you and me outside now. I should have dealt with this long ago. And then... 
She's like, what the fuck? And then Daniel doesn't even know what's going on because he doesn't know Mark to be a fighting a fighting man. They're both so English. Yeah. They're both so like not not predisposed to perhaps brawling they're they're boys who went to cambridge like that's all you have to say so then he goes you me outside now and then daniel's like okay whatever and goes he's like bridge let me let me just take care of this right quick just handle this and thinks it's gonna be like a little chat that he can talk his way out of but then mark immediately decks him twice (laughs) (laughs) and then he is very taken aback and they just start fighting brawling in the street ostensibly over the, their past you know and then and then they're kind of like all of the all the friends run down from the apartment bridget runs down from the apartment and then when they really get into it tom runs across the street my to the god and he starts yelling fight fight it's a real fight so all the servers come out to the street to watch the fight they're like it's this is one of the most perfect scenes in all of cinematic history There's i love this single scene. thing i would change it's no. perfect. The two of them are cannot fight to save their lives. They're no, like doing that awful. awkward thing where they're kind of like trying to kick each other while they're both in <laughs> headlocks. They're like slapping each other with the full arm extension and like just really messing up, um, falling over and whatnot. At one point, they kind of like stumble through the door into the restaurant and they're like falling over the tables apologizing to the patrons as they're it's like so funny into their food trying to like wipe the food off of that they've spilled off of their like shirt lapels and stuff darcy's and then, literally like putting together like yeah. he's picking up hummus like through his fingers and wiping <laughs> it off it of back. a person's chest he's like i'll i'm so sorry i will i will pay for all of this i will just and then he turns around and punches and it's then so they're about good. to keep fighting, and then this server comes down the stairs with the birthday cake. Oh, the birthday my cake God. that's a, like the Acropolis. This, <laughs> this scene, friggin' the, that detail acts absolutely just. It's me. so good. Like raining men is playing, and then it stops, and then they're just like, "Uh, do we?" And and then he just he, the server just decides to like go ahead with it, and, and they. And they Start singing happy birthday and Mark and Daniel are singing along. <laughs> and then so the perfect. second it's over, like Daniel comes and punches they him again. It's just it's such a it's such a good scene. Like I, I usually love don't love when men are fighting, like kind of about a girl or just mm. fighting each other necessarily because it's so it's so easily can be like macho mm-hmm. macho macho kind of thing. Yeah. And I just hate it. But this scene is so good. I would not trade any part. Mm-hmm. I would not. If I rebooted this movie, I would not change this scene at all. You just do a shot for shot remake of that particular scene. I would scene. do a shot for shot remake. Yeah. Quick question. Do you think that they had to pay Colin Firth a lot of money to ta- to do a role which essentially parodies the Darcy that he played in in the in the 90s BBC series? Or do you think he was very happy to do it? I think it's probably not anything in the middle. (laughs) I was going to say, I think both. I think he, I think he is a person who has enough humor to participate in a thing like this, but also participated in it because he thinks it's well-written and Mm -hmm. I think he'll do anything Richard Curtis asks him to do. I'm pretty, yeah, I think he was paid, I think he was paid a lot of money. Maybe not more than Renee Zellweger, obviously, but I think he has enough humor and self-awareness of himself that he could play, that he 
said yes to doing it. I think he probably got a giggle out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had to have. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? Exactly. Okay, so I mean, moving on. So they have their fight. Uh, it, Mark ends up kind of cleaning Daniel's clock and leaving him lying there kind of bleeding on the street. I'm glad he got that last Yeah, I'm glad he got that last punch. Yeah, the last one was really really good because it really, mm-hmm. it really the nail in the coffin as it were and by the way daniel was fighting dirty the entire time which is very much in character for him and yeah. then bridget kind of runs to him on the ground and is trying to nurse him and she's like mark why did you do this you're an animal blah 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 blah, blah. and then she's like you're just like all the other men you're the worst and he's like well i guess i've been laboring under a false a pretense that I thought maybe you thought I was okay, but clearly yeah. I was wrong, so I guess I'll go. <laughs> and then Daniel wakes up. He tries to get, he immediately says to Bridget, he's like, oh, my head. Let's go upstairs. Like, yeah. immediately. And she's like, mm. he gives her one more, like, kind of, it's like the final push to see if he can, like, win her back. And it's something along the lines of, like, if I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anyone bridge oh my god i hated that line i was so upset because again it was very much centered on him being a failure (laughs) like it's not yeah if you're bad at everything if i I can't if i can't if me this handsome yeah um publisher like the head of a publishing company uh rich all that stuff can't make it with you a fat spinster fat alcoholic smoky spinster I can't make it with anybody. Yeah. Fuck you, Daniel. And she had the good sense to think about it for a minute and say, hmm, that's not really good enough for me. Because, oh, I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, there's someone who has said to me explicitly, I like you just as you are. So I think I'm going to keep chasing that feeling, Daniel. Yeah. But have a great evening. <laughs> Maybe put some leaves iodine him, on that. <laughs> leaves him on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Mm, sayonara bye Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then what happens after that it's like it's like christmas time again and then we're back to where we started she's like alone she has no boyfriends um (gasps) she goes to the party at the darcy's house yeah so she's back home and then there her mom also comes home and um oh my god we didn't even talk about her mom's boyfriend the entire time i mean it's just worth mentioning that he is a very awful person who he's an awful person who does like the infomercials like a qvc kind of thing and (laughs) he's just so artificially colored in his face it's just like a running joke and um she finally leaves him realizes he's awful comes back home apologizes to the dad tells him that like he should appreciate her more which she's not wrong for but she is sorry that she left and then they make up. And then um, they go to the Darcy's party. Um, and then... Which she's not is... going to go to. She's No, not she's gonna not going to go to. She's in her she's ratty like, little yeah, pajamas. Yeah, she's like, I'd rather just like go back to bed. And then her mom's like, well, you know, Mar- Darcy's going to be there. He's still divorced. And she's like, yeah, well, he's a pe- pain in still the ass. Still deranged. So. so he's still... Oh, yeah, that was really funny. But... Still divorced, and then Bridget Jones, Bridget Jones goes. He's still deranged because she just the last time she saw him was that fight. And then her mom goes, "Oh well, you know, it's um, you know, 
this time of year is always hard for him because this is the time of year that his wife left him. Um, and then let's slip some detail about how she left his Mark's wife left him because she kind of went away with his best man, who was one of his old school buddies from Cambridge. And then mm-hmm. a light goes on over Bridget's head in the entire audience's head. And we're like, hold on a second. Are you telling me that Daniel Cleaver said that the rules were reversed like mm-hmm. a liar? Yes, <laughs> he's a liar. Yeah, he lied. He flipped and reversed it, just like Wickham from Pride and Prejudice. He lied. Darcy's not in the wrong. He is. And he knew it. Yeah. He yep. knew it all along, and he knew what he did was shitty. Whack. But anyways, yep. that is all the motivation that Bridget needs to, to be like, let me just get dressed and race to this party. With you. Also, this, yeah, this whole time, like, just showing Mark uh, Darcy's character, like, original Darcy and this Darcy, mm-hmm. is that Daniel, given the chance, he immediately told yes. Bridget he... Uh, uh, the reason why Mark Darcy doesn't like me is because um, he did a shitty thing to me. And, like, this is how shitty of a person he is and blah, blah, blah. Like, shit-talking Darcy. Darcy has had every opportunity, especially seeing Bridget with Daniel many a time and knowing that they were seeing each other. Never went up to her and told her, hey, listen, he's a bad guy. This is what he did. Mm-hmm. He has, like, made his opinion known of him, but mm-hmm. he doesn't sh- He doesn't go around, like, shit-talking anybody. Exactly. So, yeah, a good guy. He Upstanding and moral. He his business. Yes, he does. But his, opin- his good opinion once lost is lost forever. So. <laughs> so you might want to jot that down. <laughs> so, yeah, so then Bridget realizes that um, she was lied to, needs to immediately go apologize to, um, to Darcy, and then um, uh, gets ready, goes with her parents to this party, is driving dangerously in the snow. You have two elderly parents in your car, in your tiny little fucking hatchback. Little Fiat. And you're fucking Tokyo drifting all <laughs> along the Eng- English countryside on snow. On like bridge. the like, come on. No dick is deserving of this. She was like, I just gotta, I just gotta see it. Right now, right now, right now, immediately. Right now, when I said party. now, I mean now. It's a very posh party. It's all of, like, Darcy's, very like, posh family. Party. They're all very rich. And then, like, they show up and she immediately finds him and is, like, immediately apologizes. I'm glad that she was able to, like, get out the apology then. Yeah. Then because if they had dragged it out, I would have been like, oh, my God. Yeah. But she gets it out and she's kind of like, um, she's like, I'm really sorry. This is what I thought was happening. Now I know what actually happened. And he's like, okay, I appreciate that. Um, I kind of need to go, though. And she's like, can we just talk in the coat check for just a second? And then pulls him. They go off to the side. She says, before you told me that you like me just the way I am, and I just wanted to say that I feel the same way. And as he's taking in this information, I'm pretty sure someone comes and gets him and is like, we're starting the speeches, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Is that right? Is that the right? I, yeah, I think so. Or they heard that speeches were happening or something. Right. Someone so then, calls, whatever, he's t- yeah. taken away. So then they have to go back into the main room where Darcy's dad is giving um, a big, like, toast to Darcy because Darcy's just got this new swish job working as a barrister in New York. Mm-hmm. And everyone's shocked and awed and clapping and whatnot. And then he goes, and as if that wasn't good enough news, he's also taking Natasha with him. And as if that wasn't good enough news, he's also getting married to Natasha, probably eventually. And then, and the whole crowd just like goes crazy and starts clapping. And then Bridget just blurts out like, no, (laughs) 
Which is so, oh my god, even Bridget. Even to this day, it's hard to watch. It really is. It's so can't. hard to watch. She fumbled. Oh. She fumbled. Also, the whole time she's telling him that um, she likes him, mm-hmm. and she's making it known that sh- she does like him, doesn't she think that he is with Natasha? It's implied, but he always introduced her as his law partner, not anything mm-hmm. else. Okay. But they this were is at what the I... couple's dinner together. So. Yeah, they were at the couple's dinner together. They went to a they went to a fucking hotel together. Like this is what I this is a thing that I only realized now where I was like, wait, she's fully telling him she likes him, but she knows that he's with the thing. I just but I don't think she I don't did have a problem with it. It was literally never said to her that that was the case. Whereas everyone else who's in a movie, who's in a relationship, makes it explicitly clear. He kept on saying to her, like even when they went on that weekend trip, he kept on saying like. um, yeah, I brought. I'm I'm going to that party, but I just brought Natasha, so I figured we might as well get some work done. So he he kept on yeah, framing fair. it as a work relationship to her. Yeah. So yeah, okay. She probably had fair. that lens. Yeah, I think I was trying to suss out whether or not it was explicit that they were together because it was just like very assumed. But I guess <laughs> to that's... us it was because, or at least it was that like Natasha that's was point. trying to get with him at least. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, so Bridget blurts out like, no, this is the worst thing to have ever happened. And like the whole room goes quiet. And then everybody like let, every time she, she's always like given the space to make a fucking speech. Oh it's awful. And so she's like, no, it would be terrible if we, us as English people. Yeah. Lose. Us, we, the English people. The English folk lose. lose. We're to lose one of our best uh, English people to yeah. the Americas. <laughs> the fucking awful. <laughs> and everyone's just yeah. staring at her, letting her just dig herself deeper. And she's like, okay, well, anyways, I've got to go now to a party full of gay people. See you, bye. Like, <laughs> the way that she exited, I was like, Queen, you kind of, what are these details that you're giving? She's like, it's a party. And at the party, it's it's mostly gay people at the party. I'll, I'll let everyone here know that right off the bat. It's like, why are you giving, why are you giving every detail of your life right now? Just go to the party, girl. Get out of there. Take me alone. Get out of there. Bridget, do less. Do Say less. less. Mm. Say you less, could, girl. You could, you could do that. You could do less. It might, be, it you might could work just... out for you. <laughs> like, you don't have to fill space up with talking, you know? You could just be like, oh, that was an accident. I didn't mean that. Um, I dropped something. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, she runs away, and then it's a very... She's very sad. Uh, Mark is going to New York. He's mm-hmm. marrying Natasha. Her life is over. No mm-hmm. one will ever love her just the way she is. Tragedy. Tragedy. So, we see Mark oh, even go to New York. so sad she's like she has another montage yeah she's like i'm back to where i started she has another lonely montage Uh, the one thing that they do really well in this movie is that whenever they show bridge alone in her apartment they really do a good job of emphasizing the fact that she is alone capital a she is lonely it looks cold in her apartment yeah like physically yeah. cold when she's sitting in the bath feeling sad i was like oh, oh God, that was so sad cold. yeah i know that was very sad she's oh that was i really i really love this movie because i think i identify i identified with bridget and like just the the feeling of um like loneliness and kind of feeling helpless in thinking that there's mm-hmm. no um 
no one's ever gonna love you. Aww. As sad as that, no, I mean, like, as as sad as that is, I just, for however ridiculous she is, she's such a, like, real character that is lonely or, like, that it's a relatable Mm-hmm. She's relatable, is what I'm trying to say, in mm-hmm. in not an eloquent way. She's a relatable um, protagonist for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, however silly her other decisions are, like <laughs> at the core, she's very relatable. Even her silly um, decisions are like you have you have yourself admitted throughout the course of this podcast that you would make some of the same silly decisions. So oh, I feel like that just adds to the relatability, you know? Exactly, exactly. Because we're all like, looking. Yeah, yeah, we're all looking at this and being like. Mm. We've all been there. <laughs> we've all been yeah. there, Bridge. We know. We've all Don't been at a, We've all been trying to give a, a public introduction and didn't turn on the microphone before. It's okay. We've all been there. <laughs> Just going, oi! <laughs> like Salman Rushdie's in the room and you're going, oi! Oi, oi! Everyone gather around. Oh, hear man. ye, hear ye. <laughs> Salman Rushdie. <laughs> So, okay. so she's feeling sad, and then she gets, like, a call on her phone, and she's, like, picks it up, hopefully, and you can tell that she thinks that she's hoping it's Mark, mm-hmm. but it's not Mark. But it is not Mark. her dear friends, and they said... A standing outside. They said, buck up, Bridge. We've come to take you to Paris for the weekend. Pack your bags and your underwear and your passport. We're going to, we're going to Paris. And so they come in up they in, a des- room, in a rocket, they, also, they come up again. And- they also decide to go on this road trip to drive to Paris at the mm-hmm. fucking dead of night. In the middle of winter in a snowstorm. In the middle of yeah. <laughs> in a snowstorm at the dead of night. They're like, let's go to Paris. I was like, I'm so stressed. They're so carefree and whimsical, <laughs> these friends. Oh, so, so young, these people in their 30s. Yeah. They can't, who knows? They're so unpredictable. Who knows what they're going to do next? They're crazy. <laughs> but, but yeah, so then they convince her to cheer her up, all that stuff. Yeah, so she's like very excited about this. They're they're in a whirlwind. They're cheering her up. They're packing her up. They're out the door, packing up the car, and they're about to leave. She's like, just let me lock up my front door. And someone approaches her, and it is... <laughs> Mark Darcy. Mark Darcy. Our boy back again. In his big coat. Mm-hmm. We love a Cat, 90s, early 2000s. Big coat. Big, so big coat. Big. Big, so big. Big coat. <laughs> big old coat. And he shows up and he's like, hey. <laughs> With like 18 Ys. He's like. He shows up like, <laughs> look at, like ready to devour her. Yes. <laughs> immediately he's like immediately like trying to like take her jacket and scarf off of her and be like push her back inside up the <laughs> stairs he's like hey i actually love you hey um i know it's the middle of the night but i actually do really love you so i know I you're on your you way that. to paris she's like she's like oh uh yeah i was gonna go to paris and then he kisses her he's like where are you and then they they start honking on the horn honking <laughs> Her friends, friends start honking the horn and they're like, get out of here, Bridge, are you going to come or not? And she's like, I will not be coming to Paris. I'm going to go upstairs into my apartment with Mark Darcy instead. Um, and they're like, okay, you crazy kids, beep, beep, we're off into the night. And then they ostensibly go to Paris. And then, and then so, so then they smooch again. And then they're like, let's go into the apartment. She's like, okay, do you want to tell me twice? They haven't even smooched. Yeah, they they're took all a kiss ab- outside. Oh, no, they almost kissed. And then they, and then almost they, they honk kissed. the horn. And then they go yeah. upstairs and they're about to kiss again. And she's like, hold on. 
my god. I'm not gonna mis- make the same mistake I made earlier and forget to take off my granny panties twice in one movie. I'm going, <laughs> Mark, just give me one second. I'm really digging the vibe right now. Just give me one second. I'm just gonna go change my god, when he's like underwear. When he's like looming over her in the yep. doorway and she's, I was like, oh, that's a lot. Um, but I get it. I get that she was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go prepare. Um, stay here and read whatever you want. Yeah, she's like low-key getting carried away. And then she's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let me go change my underwear. <laughs> give me a second, give me a second. And then she like runs away. She's like, go uh, read a magazine. And he like, as she's like digging through her underwear drawer, trying to find the smallest, most animal printest ones. She like- I hate that underwear also. <laughs> they're also so not small. They they're are not full, small. They're full coverage, cheeky, like brief cut. That's not yeah. that tiny. Yeah. But it wouldn't, but to be fair- they probably chose that underwear because she did have to later run outside in the yes. winter London night with them. So they're yes, like, let's yes. give her some coverage. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Fair enough to the costume department. So as she's changing her <laughs> underwear, Mark fucking finds her diary. The titular diary. He finds it. He starts reading it. It says, Mark, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. No wonder his clever wife left him. Blah, blah, blah. All this like really incriminating things that she used to think about him. And then he goes... Right. And then he goes. <laughs> and then she hears the door shut. Goes, That's a oh, very good shit. impression of him. Thank you. <laughs> she hears the door shut. And she runs out, sees that he's gone, tries to yell after him, sees that he's walking down the street. She goes, shit, shit, shit. And then she, like, throws on a pair of running shoes and, like, a cardigan and starts running after him in, like, the most craziest way. She goes out the front door and then sees this, like, old man. And she goes, wish me luck. And he goes, good luck, crazy girl. <laughs> runs off into the night screaming Mark's name running around she can't find him can't find him meanwhile she still doesn't have any freaking pants on fully fully butt out and then she's a tank top her fucking like gold tiger print underwear and the thinnest cardigan and her like new balance (laughs) (laughs) oh man it was not but yeah it was it was not a good look for Bridget but no 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 she's winning the pooing it out (laughs) and uh the streets of london town oh man (laughs) (laughs) oh just give me a minute i need to recover from that joke so so sorry take your time okay i'm back (laughs) so yeah so thank you so she runs out into the street is searching for him she sees him coming out of a store and she's like, I'm so sorry you read all of those terrible things about you uh, in uh, my diary. Like, I didn't mean them, but I did, but I <laughs> I didn't have all the facts. <laughs> she's like, you know, all the stuff that... Uh, I'm a journalist now, so I did some background checking. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the facts and now I have, uh, I have a formed opinion. All facts, no printer. Yeah, so she, so she's like all of the things written in diary. She's like, you know, they're all crap. And he goes, yeah, I know. I was just getting you a new one. Plot twist. We were and pulled. Everyone watching that scene for the first time was like, <laughs> yeah, they were squealing. Yeah, and um, it's a little ridiculous because you had to go buy her a new one like right then and there, and you have no opinion about her saying all these shitty things about you but also thinking like thinking about that I love that he was like 
yeah, well, she did have a misinformed opinion of me. So no wonder she hated me and I wasn't the nicest to her. So like, yeah, she was. But then he gets her the new diary and then he says something along the lines of, uh, yeah, I was getting you a new one and I, like, I was hoping for, like, a fresher start or new start. Like, something like that. And I was like, that's a mature, grown-up man! We love to see it. We love to see it. Also, a man in a turtleneck sweater and a very large overcoat and is handsome and is buying you stationery, like, that's it for me. That's it. Yeah. That's all I require. I mean, you literally, I mean, you just described your dream man. It was like a yeah. list, to be fair. Yeah. Like, down <laughs> to the fact that he was literally buying her stationery. Now that I think about it, wow, yeah, that's really very much it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for me. Yeah. That's it. I, I, I often think about how few lines Mark Darcy actually has in this movie. Very few. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting it, it is obviously purposeful mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. think it's like it, it, but it, it, it's very interesting that they didn't rely on the yeah. script necessarily to show his character and develop his character i just it's well written i think it's a well written movie i think i think it's well written too i just wish um there were the things like we talked about like there were more time stamps yes of how so that we were just a little bit more aware so it wasn't so jarring that like she first hooked up with daniel and then it's turning around and telling him yes. asking him if he loves her and and we think it's like they hooked up on a tuesday <laughs> they saw each other again it on the thursday like and then that, on yeah. the weekend right yeah so it is st- things like that and then i for my own personal just to like see it a little bit more and to be a little bit more invested not that i have mm-hmm. any problems with it but I just, like, wish I saw a little bit more of Darcy and Bridget together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it just, like, yeah. There's a lot her... of time dedicated to, like, her and Cleaver. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of time dedicated to her and Cleaver. And I wish there was a little tiny bit less than of that and a little bit more of her and Darcy so that you can see a little bit more of what they see in each other. Yeah. And you could, I mean, there's definitely, you could have trimmed the, trim, trim it down in a few ways like it had quite a few montages there was quite a few you know like you could have just trimmed it down in a few ways and like added more yeah if it was if time was an issue added more of the growing relationship between um darcy and 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 bridget we didn't actually say it explicitly but obviously after he buys her the book she says oh thank goodness oh and and they kiss and Mm -hmm. in the snow which is the iconic shot her butt Mm -hmm. is still out just to clarify and they're two and scandalized like, old yeah, ladies and watching. Like, he like wraps her jacket around her and then it zooms out and then it's, have you met Miss Jones? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Another montage at the end. But that's how it ends. Yeah. Happily ever after. That's, that's Happily when she ever after until Bridget Jones too. <laughs> Edge of reason. Yeah. Um, that's when, uh, she, after they kiss the first time, she like stops and looks at him and she's like, nice guys aren't supposed to kiss like that. Meaning it's like a passionate not boring kiss mm-hmm. and i really like his line he was like yeah they fucking do and then kisses aggressive, her again right so aggressive <laughs> so aggressive and kind of like whoo that'll make me pussy drop you went oh better drop that well, down that's how the movie ends and then molly the end credit scenes of the fucking so the whole joke is that bridget and mark darcy know each other because like their families have been friends for years 
she used to play in his front yard and he used to have like a little paddle pool or whatever. And she would run around naked on his lawn and in the pool, all that stuff, because she was four years old and he was eight years old. And then so like this is constantly referenced throughout the movie. And then the end credit scene after they have their kiss in the snow and we know that they're together, all that stuff. The end credit scene is like video footage of um that birthday party that yeah super eight (laughs) video footage of mark having that party and a little wild bridget because she's always been wild throughout and she can't be tamed um it's our bridge little (laughs) little four-year-old bridget running around in her underwear like she was just previously and um classic just like a a little naked girl with her full um uh, no t-shirt on, just her underwear, and then um, Mark Darcy in a little suit just kind of oh, he, doing... <laughs> he's wearing a tiny suit and is just kind of going, ugh. He's just like stressed out over her, her behavior. <laughs> just so stressed out about her behavior. But then at the end, she like kisses him, he runs away a little, but then comes back and like holds her hand. And before, when I was younger and I watched this, I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, it ties it all together. And it also, it's like a, the little journey of what they had. Mm-hmm. But then watching it now, I hate it. Yeah. Because it's a fucking four-year-old girl mm-hmm. and an eight-year-old boy. In no world is an eight-year-old boy crushing on a four-year-old girl. He is actively <clears throat> in school, like, in a grade. Four-year-old, you're not even in a grade yet. Your grade doesn't have a number yet. Yeah. There always... is no world. Yeah. No, it didn't sit. It never sat right with me. I I always skipped it. I that's the thing I hate the most about this movie is that end scene. I hated it. It can be done without. It's also just a little too on the nose. It's too. It's too much. Yeah. But anyways, that's how the movie ends. Yeah. In general, I love this movie. What is the question that okay, you okay. wanted to ask? Okay, okay. I'm so glad you asked me because my question, actually, we kind of touched on it a few times, but I want to ask you explicitly, why mm. do you think that this movie resonated so much with audiences? Because people love this movie. And I wanted to get your take on why do you think that is? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Bridget is relatable. Like, we did speak mm-hmm. about this. Yeah she's very relatable however much you judge her decisions and all that stuff we've all been in a place where we've thought that we were never going to be loved or we're never going to find the right person to love us and we've all been lonely and had shit jobs or been shit at our jobs or like had very embarrassing moments um and then either we've had people in our lives kind of be like no, you don't need to change necessarily who you are to be likable. I like you just the way you are, whether that was a partner or like a friend, like a very supportive friend who's just kind of like, no, you're fine the way you are. Like, stop trying to be different because then you're just like hurting yourself, stuff like yeah. that. I and think... in a world when you're getting so many influences from so many different sizes, sides telling you who you should be, what you should look like, what you should like, how you should behave, how to be palatable how to mm-hmm. how to fit in how to do this how to do that self-help mm-hmm. books for days yeah. on every single possible subject to have someone tell you 
I like you just as you are. It seems so simple, but it actually, like, <laughs> anyone who's ever had that moment happen in real life from a friend, family member, romantic partner, whatever the case may be, it's always going to sit with you as something that's very, like, bracing emotionally. Yeah. And it touches you in, in, in your heart. Like, it's, it's not just something, it's not just a passive comment. It is something that's saying, like, I accept you. I and see you. And not only do I see you and accept you, I celebrate who you yeah. are and I, and yeah. like and when that happened in the movie too it was like she was kind of gobsmacked we were all gobsmacked because we're all like that's what we want too right? yeah yeah for so many people yeah i think she's also she for a person who okay hold on i've started so okay, many okay. sentences no, no no it's okay it's okay i see you i see the, i see the, it brewing <laughs> take a minute you got this let it percolate at at the core of human beings Oh, what? this is like when you start an essay with ever since the beginning of time. The definition of human is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but like at the core of human beings, all we want is to be seen. Mm-hmm. Whether that is physically, um, emotionally, spiritually, all of these things. At the core of us, we just want to be seen. And that's why we are not solitary creatures. We beg. Yes. And so Bridget, this whole time, is a very lonely character. And she thinks that the only way that she is going to be um, happy is if she gets, like, a good boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, she th- and like, she stops smoking all this stuff. But, like, really at the core of it is just she's lonely. And she wants to be seen for who she is. And she doesn't even know that yet until someone gives her that. And she's like oh shit like that's what i that's that good shit yeah (laughs) and that's what i want yeah so i think that's that's why yeah i think that's why because again like in a world where you're being told how to be how to present yourself and how to exist really like as a person yeah seeing a character try to be try to do this every day for a year and like is keeping track of how many cigarettes she smokes and how (laughs) how many pounds she has lost or gained or whatever the fact that someone just stops and kind of goes yeah i like you just the way you are i think that is the major reason as to why people really love this movie and it's entertaining yeah it's yeah it's all that plus like a a fun soundtrack and some goofy scenes and yeah you know uh, the most hilarious fight scene ever in tv in movies you know yeah and, like, based off of one of the most, like, classic, one of the classic romantic mm-hmm. stories. There's a reason why they keep remaking Pride and Prejudice. There is a reason so. why they keep doing why they keep basic, like, adapting it Jane, in all Jane, of these ways. Our girl Jane really hit the nail on the head with that, with that dynamic between, <laughs> between Lizzie and yeah. Darcy. Nothing could be better. Yeah. We should never try to talk it. <laughs> <laughs> no new ideas no new romantic relationships just that. the same one done over yes over again. i say this as a joke but like literally all of my favorite things are exactly like this <laughs> at my core it's just at the beginning for me <laughs> yes it's that can i tell you that that was not the question i thought you were gonna ask what did you think i was gonna ask I thought you were going to ask whether or not um, her relationship with her body or, like, 
the talk about her losing weight or whatever was intentionally satirical, but it got missed because people were just like, there was a time where people were getting mad at um, Bridget Jones, like the movie and the book in general, because they're like, well, they're talking about her like she's a cow when really she isn't. I'm like, yeah, because I think that's what it was actually like, that's what it was actually like. I don't, I don't know think it's they, the did movie they perpetuating. Did they transcribe the like the weights, her weights that she kept weighing in at? Were those accurate to the book? Um, in the book, she uh doesn't say like pounds. She says stone. Okay. But yeah, like she writes in her in the book that she's like nine stone. Because like, I, I was looking it up, and some people online were saying that like in the book they made her heavier. And oh, the really? movie version, they did that thing that they like they like what they did with Hermione. They made what do they call that? Do you remember I sent what? you that video? It was like I think it was either the take or someone else did this really great video about how the Hollywood makes characters more like more like conventionally attractive as they're adapting them from books to film because oh. because film is like such a visual medium, they think that people won't watch movies unless everyone in them is classically hot. handsome or, or 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 conventionally hot so they mm-hmm. make these characters all like the watered down version of what they are so oh, I, I remember I, this I, I, so i don't truly know the answer to this and i think the answer would be in us consulting with the books and converting from stone to pounds to find out you know and what if she that, ever that's says a, her height I... we can compare like and see if that's like a normal yeah, yeah. you know average kind of whatever so 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 my i think my answer is if I would not put it past Hollywood to say that a woman who at her heaviest in the movie weighs in at 140 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, is an mm-hmm. overweight woman and should be shamed for it because that's kind of their MO. But I also would love if it was satirical because it would then yeah. add, it would add, I think, to her character, mm-hmm, her, mm-hmm. her, her storyline. Yes, I think so. I think also they... I don't want to say they did a disservice of hiring Renee Zellweger and her putting on the pounds because she's only going to put on so many pounds. Yeah. Because she also is going to, quote unquote, need to take off the pounds as well. Yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, she's at 140 because Renee Zellweger at her heaviest is 140. Yeah. So <laughs> so TBD requires a little bit of the 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 Bridget Jones sit up written journalist in, in each of us needs to go and do a bit of cross checking. <laughs> With the books and see see what yeah. they say. Do some converting from stones to pounds. <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you still... Do, does this movie still hold up for you? I know that's a thing oh, that we yeah. ask each other about oh, yeah. the, our, the movies we watch. Yeah. No, I think it's a good one because a lot of the ones that we're watching are older. Does it still hold up? I think so. I think that there's a lot of like... There's a lot of really funny moments. Um, I... I uh, yeah, I really liked it still. So far, the only one of the ones that we've done that doesn't hold up for me is Sweet Home Alabama. Ooh, yeah, and that's the worst offender. <laughs> that is the one that I cannot, I will not watch again for many, many years, maybe even yeah. ever. Yeah. Same. And that's so funny to me because that is what I used to look at as like the epitome of rom-com. When really I think it was Bridget Jones, but when I think of rom-com, I think of like Sweet, I just, I don't know. Anyways, I can't talk about that movie anymore. <laughs> You're like getting piece. winded just thinking about the movie. You're like, oh, I can't talk about this anymore. I cannot say that Your I like this at like one so point. Angry. You're like gritting your teeth. 
But yeah, Bridget Jones holds up. I will watch it a lot, all the time. Yes, and I will also continue to watch the other ones. Although, I I think that the first one, uh, Bridget Jones 1... Is the best one. The only one. Is the... By far, like, the the front runner. Bridget Jones, Edge of Reason. Edge of Reason is fun. Um, Bridget Jones' baby, uh, garbage, gutter trash. Disgusting. Horror. Awful. Why would you do that to Bridget? Edge of Reason Patrick Dempster's... Get out. Dempsey. Not Dempster's. Dempster's. Just like you can't introduce... This is the thing again. You cannot introduce Patrick Dempsey into a situation. And he's perfect yet again. And he's perfect yet again. And then she has to pick Mark Darcy where where she supposedly had like a falling out with him. But then gets back together with him. Like, I just... It was just, like, truly beating a dead horse, you know? because as soon as you stray from the path of Pride and Prejudice as a source text, you're gonna go wrong. Yeah. Edge of Reason also is essentially this movie, just a little bit different. Like, it goes through the same things where she falls for Daniel Cleaver. uh, Bridget Jones, the Edge of Reason. Bridget Jones, so crazy. She's a lunatic. (laughs) They're like, this woman is crazy. She's just like an average woman going through her life and career path. Oh my god. Lunatic. (laughs) Okay, guys. Maybe dial it down a notch. (laughs) Take 10 to 15% off there. Yeah. Um, just, this is the only movie that exists for me. I can't even, um, watch Edge of Reason. Like I have, it's okay. We're gonna don't need to. (laughs) (laughs) And then Bridget Jones, baby, uh, please no. There's nothing I've ever wanted less. More like Bridget Jones's barf bag. Am I right? Got him. Mic drop. (laughs) Any final thoughts? I think we've done them. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. Me too. But but to everyone who is listening, thank you so much for listening you can find vomcom on instagram at vomcom podcast for updates and extra content and you can follow vomcom wherever you get your podcasts and um if you can please rate comment or or share any of our posts and that really helps us out i have another podcast called you should check out with my friend jason it's a good podcast where we talk about um just random things that we like and we tell each other about them um guys yeah you can talk about anything. <laughs> Literally anything we talk about. Um, yeah, so for both podcasts, please go on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. Wherever you find the podcast, please rate us. Please uh, leave reviews. That helps us a lot. And we also want to know us, if we're leave doing... Leave us little hearts and kissy faces reviews. Yeah, leave us little <laughs> hearts and kissy faces. We also want to know how um we're doing yeah with the with the with the listeners you know if we're doing something out here that people like so please tell us molly where do, do you have any social media where people can find you at? i i do participate in social media and you can find me a uh, sheep <laughs> <laughs> i decided that i don't want to realize that real eyes realize real <gasps> lies so I just oh. stayed on Instagram at molly.mca if you wanna follow me. And in my bio, there's a link to my link tree that has all my other stuff. How about you, Kat? Yay. For me, um, it's it's Catherine Ram on every social media pretty much. Um, yeah. Okay. Two sheeps signing off. <laughs> <laughs> you threw up a peace sign too. That's so good. 
Bye, Fred. Love you. Okay, bye. Love you, too. I am fond of you, you know. And a girl? I don't wish you weren't such a stinker.